bowels of One Half Radio Plaza at Life Media Studios. Hello, folks. Welcome back to Real Country Radio. Congratulations, Detroit. You can be thoroughly ashamed of yourself. The homicide tool has reached a nice even 750. Details on the latest leveling from Police Sergeant... Coming up now, we're going to start off the set with... ...in the morning. Bucketless Tigers could use this guy's talent. Have you had time to get ready? I don't waste any time getting ready. I stay ready. <laughs> Good evening and welcome back to Sidetracked. Uh, crew show tonight. No guests are joining us this evening and that's okay because uh, we got some things to discuss and uh, it's kind of a sort of a soul searching bit of an evening, I suppose, uh, when we get into the meat and potatoes of what we're going to discuss. But in the meantime, how are you gentlemen? Good. How are you? I'm doing all right. Doing all right. Got some rain. It's been nice and warm and not snow like what they potentially called for this weekend. Yeah, yeah. give it 24 more hours, buddy. Yeah, you shut your mouth. Yeah, I, think yeah, I, I know. Got, <laughs> uh, I've got about 36 more hours of 70-degree days here, and then uh, the cold sets in on Saturday, and I think you know, Indian summer, as it were, is over for this week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which sucks. It yeah. does. It does. It also means that I probably have a very lengthy date this weekend with uh, backpack leaf blowers and rakes because uh, the maple trees are shedding. Yeah. Uh, within the last day, like everything just all of a sudden just gone. Yeah. Like it's it's getting pretty intense. I have a tree. It has like nine leaves. I'm pretty sure if your cat scratched the tree, the leaves would fall off. So it's not saying pretty much. much yes. <laughs> so it's like an over at this point, it's like an overgrown toothpick with a shrubbery on the top of it. Yeah. We can stand to lose some trees around here. And if anybody's interested in um, a one giant ass walnut tree, um, you can take that out and I'll throw in two smaller ones for free. If you want to take them down and get them out of here before it crushes the house, the garage, etc. Yeah. And you're not going to get out the hot rod saws and, and take it down? Uh, no, it's literally on the corner of the garage and on the property line as well. Um, and it's the biggest tree on the property. If it was in free space, yeah, absolutely. I'd be I'd be all over that thing. It would be it'd be a problem already solved. But uh, this one's unfortunately going to require the use of a crane to get it down. It's you're not taking this down in one slot. I don't know. I've seen some pretty ingenious guys on, on social media, like with ladders and in non OSHA yeah. stuff that I'm an, I'm an insurance guy. So that's not happening. <laughs> <laughs> you mean you don't get the, uh, if I do this, I'm in my covered clause. Uh, no, no, no. You must provide Shoot. documentation, um, of your coverage and I will provide documentation of mine. <laughs> and should the unfortunate occur, then our our attorneys can just fight about it then. And but whatever, we're, we're covered. There's that. Yeah, there's that. A uh, couple things I want to get into um, right off the bat. Uh, three items in particular, uh, newsworthy to start this week. It's pretty. Uh, things are starting to move now. We're, we're into the off season, so things are starting to change. And one of the big ones to come out: a farm machinery show. 
Uh, Sagenta is out as title sponsor. Um, Farm Credit Mid-America is in. And before anybody thinks that this has anything to do with what's in the news, that was laid to rest today by uh, Brian Lively, that uh, the decision was made way back in the spring, had nothing to do with whatever's going on with Sagenta. So don't start spreading a narrative of, frankly, bullshit um, about that. That's not the case. Um, this was decided quite a while ago. Um, so good, uh, you know, the onward and upward for Farm Machinery Show. They've got backing, and now we know who it is. Let's just say this, though, for the record. If there's no Lee Greenwood at the, at the start of the show, we riot. Yes, we riot at dawn. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I wouldn't even wait till dawn. No. I would storm the track. <laughs> yeah, I think there'd be a plenty of people who would be upset about that particular um, issue, and I, I see no reason to dispense with it. If you got to re-edit it or whatever you got to do, I don't give a shit. Just keep it a part of the program. Do it. Yeah, do it. Do it. Uh, other news, title sponsor, the National Hot Rod Association. Um, it was open question the last week or two whether Camping World was going to continue on as title sponsor for the NHRA through 2024. That was their original deal, and it uh, now has come to light that they are not. They are going to remain as the official camping and RV uh, dealer of the NHRA, so they, they're maintaining a presence and an involvement, and, and money is still there. But Mission Foods... Uh, now steps in in 2024 as title sponsor for NHRA. They came in pretty hardcore in 2023, offering the the Too Fast, Too Tasty Challenge, kind of a race within a race deal on Saturdays um, for the pro categories this year. year. It was very well received by the racers. They loved it. Um, it offered some, some kicker money for them um, out of qualifying. And uh, they are going to continue that program, but now they're also stepping on as um, as title sponsors. So. Uh, if you're in the supermarket and you're looking for, you know, tortilla chips or tortillas or whatever, Mission's your brand. That's where you want to go. And they're they're a billion dollar company. They uh, they're they're a big entity. They can they can make it happen. And so it's cool to see them uh, step up and take over for um, the, the NHRA in 2024. I don't know. I don't even know is how long that deal's for. I don't know, but in 2024, every Wally is now going to be. Wally holding a taco. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Replace a drag slick with a giant taco. Mm-hmm. Or tortilla of some sort. I'm here for it. I'm here for it. I uh, I asked Brian Loans and I never got a response, but um, I said, did anybody check on Lyle? Make sure he's okay with fajitas with Lyle. <laughs> <laughs> I just feel like he's cringing somewhere and crying, you know, just kind of beadlocking the world and then dealing with you know, yeah, flashbacks of, of Mexican restaurants. He can confront the reality when uh, when it comes. I mean, it, I'm pretty sure if Amanda hands him one um, after a finals win, he'll gladly accept it in hand. He he might put on a glove before taking it, but he'll 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 take it. Right. For those of you who have no idea what we're talking about, that's fine. That's cool. That's we're here to we're here to broaden your horizons. Right. So. The guy is Lyle Barnett. He's a drag racer with a tremendously good story and actually an oddly familiar name. Um, yes. His racing team is Beer Money. Um, 
no affiliation to Jason and that crew, but uh, um, they have, Lyle is a tremendously talented driver and uh, very, very good uh, personality for the sport. Um, and uh, Lyle does not like fajitas. No. So everybody gives him, you know, a good hard time about that pretty much. I don't know, from the time he wakes up until the time he goes to bed. Yeah. Beer money is a uh, piece of crap looking dirty white. I don't think it's been washed ever. Uh, Four eye, full chassis car, you know, notchback Mustang with a Pete Harrell Turbo LS. And uh, it wins all the time. Uh, Time. (laughs) Very much so. Uh, Last bit of news. Um, Brad Sweet and Kyle Larson started the High Limit Series for wing sprint cars, 410 sprint cars this summer. Uh, It was meant to be a weeknight series. I think they ran 12 races. With the intent to increase payouts uh, to the drivers and the teams from the series. And it was very well received. The turnouts were excellent. Um, some races north of 50 cars turned out on a weeknight, and the stands were full to watch them do their thing at various tracks across the country. And they have announced, uh, I think this came out on Monday, that they are buying what is the All Star Circuit of Champions, which is a I guess if you want to think of it as like the Xfinity League to World of Outlaw Sprint Cars, it's like one step below the, the top rung. That series uh, was created in 1970, and the most recent owner is Tony Stewart. Um, he bought it, I believe, in 2014 and shepherded that series through to now. And now now Larson and Sweet have purchased that uh, series from him with the intent to merge it with um, the high limit deal. So. Could we be on the verge of a all-out war with World of Outlaws for wings print cars, kind of like cart IRL in the '90s, if you remember that deal? So I don't know. Um, be interesting to see what's going to happen, but I think in the long term, it's going to be to the benefit of that of that style of racing uh, that this takes place, and that more emphasis is on them, and better payouts are available. Which is what you know we we beat on that subject over and over and over. Mm-hmm. True. But, you know, I got a little bit of news for you too. Um, yeah. Over the weekend um, at the uh, U.S. Grand Prix, um, Lewis Hamilton, who finished P2, and Charles Leclerc uh, was P6, and they got disqualified. Yes, they did. Um, and I, and interesting enough, so for those of you who don't watch um, Formula One, they have a skid plate, uh, skid block on the bottom, and you can only wear off one millimeter thick per race. But this was a sprint race weekend, so um, they're kind of thinking some of that had some play into it. But Max Verstappen, who won it, actually appealed to the FIA for it, um, which I kind of thought was interesting because he wasn't affected, and it, but neither were the other two, you know, Mercedes and uh, um, Ferrari drivers, but those two were disqualified and then check after. And I kind of thought that was kind of interesting that uh, Max Verstappen was the one to appeal that. Yeah. I found it interesting that, and I may have this wrong, but I thought I, I thought I interpreted this correctly or, or read it correctly, that this is the first disqualification for a plank violation 
since the 1990s when the rule was first instituted and Michael Schumacher's Benetton was disqualified for the same thing, albeit in a different place. Um, Back then, Schumacher's car was knocked out for uh, wear on the front of the plank. And in the case of this weekend, they were, it was at the rear. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's interesting. I mean, uh, when you get in, I mean, it's, it's a block of wood on the bottom of it. Then they've got, uh, well, it's composite they, now. It was wood. It used right. To, it used to be wood. And I forget what the actual, uh, the squares were, but now they're titanium. You know, they went to titanium, but before that they weren't, uh, and I forget what they were, but anyhow, yeah, I mean, it's, you can't lose that much. I mean, and, and essentially what you're getting is more downforce is what you're, you know, yeah. you get too much of that downforce, you're, you're running that car in the ground and that's what the, the plate's for. So yeah, it can uh, be no thinner than 10 millimeters after, after the race was completed. Yep. So, but yeah, so I thought that was interesting news from the weekend. Yep. That was, so, that was definitely something. It, it, was wasn't, just, it wasn't just grid place penalty. I mean, it was out, out disqualified, you know, yeah, yeah, no, it, it was a pretty substantial race this weekend, so it was a lot of fun to watch. So, and they had to make it and they go to uh, Vegas in less than 30 days, which that's pretty substantial because they're not even ready in Vegas yet. I no. mean, to see they're like less than 30 days out and they still have, a, I mean, they still have a bridge to make from one of the roads over to inside the racetrack. Like, it's not even started yet. So, yes. Now, from my understanding, it's going to be a temporary bridge like one of the other ones that's already up. It's a temporary bridge where it's only going to be for a couple months type of thing. But um, good news is hotel prices are coming down. Oh, goody. They're down to what, $4,000 a night now? No. I like uh, One of the deals I saw is you know you could buy it for a four-day weekend um, pass basically for $1,700. First, you not. No, that's not no, bad at all. Like, that's actually not that terrible, to be honest. No, that's it's probably going to cost you five grand to go see the race, you know, from anything other than binoculars or a helicopter or whatever. That uh, helicopter rent might be cheaper to watch the race. I, I looked into that actually. And, and uh, so I got a buddy out there and I talked to him this week and I said, Well, you're going to go. He's like, I said, You could probably just, you know, crawl on top of somebody's building. He goes, Yeah, but the rent would probably be at the same price as what it would take to buy a ticket. Yeah. So. <laughs> But when it was first announced, like the, the, the fellow I work for, Leo, he, he's a big, he and, and Jack, his wife, they're big uh, F1 fans. And we initially had talked when it was announced, like, hey, you know, let's close the office for a few days. Let's go out there. And then when the prices started coming out to attend that weekend, it's like, uh-uh, no, we're, we're good. We're going to stay here and work. <laughs> yeah. They, when like, like they first came out, they were, you know, because uh, I looked into it and you could, I could actually pay for two three-day passes and a hotel at the Austrian Grand Prix for one ticket in Vegas. Yeah, ridiculous. Not including hotel. And and they've come down. I mean, they're $1,700 for decent price stuff. So you're spending a little over three grand to go per person. Yeah. I mean, per person, basically. But yeah, it's not, it's not as bad, but it's pretty substantial still. So... All right, uh, my, way too rich for my blood. I won't. I, I wouldn't enjoy it enough. N- no, I would. No, I wouldn't either. Yeah, I wouldn't either. A uh, segment we do want to bring to you on a, if not every time, at least on a periodic basis, is uh, one that I guess I sort of self-styled as, "What are you reading?" But, um, in our private discussion, that can also extend to, "What are you listening to?" 
could be podcast, something worthy, just something to, to make you think and expand your mind. Um, so, you know, just real quick, we'll go around the horn. What are you reading? What are you listening to? Cody, you go first. Uh, so I'm listening to the car stories. Um, the last one, they just released a new, new episode, but, uh, it was, uh, it's uh Sung Kane and Amelia Hartford uh, with the interview with Rod Emery. Um, Tell everybody who Sung Kang is, though. They'll know him by his other name. Uh, so he's uh, in Fast and the Furious. Um, and it's... Uh, shoot, you're going to make me think for a minute. Um, Han. Han. Yeah, he's the one that's always eating chips or snacks or something in the movie. So the one that dies and then comes back. So, But anyhow... Like the Spinal um, Tap drummer. Yeah, pretty much. So, I mean, yeah, I, I've seen Rod Emery stuff and, and, you know, I just didn't know a whole lot about him. And I, it was kind of interesting when I was listening to the interview, I mean, he just, he's a good storyteller, number one, but the fact that like, um, you know, when, when all the Porsches were getting rid of the parts that were considered obsolete, that his dad went in and like bought everything. So they had whole warehouses of Porsches. And when he was eight years old, they, um, he, to keep busy at the shop, he grabbed one of the manuals and went and started building engines at eight years old, reading a shop manual and walking out to the shop and grabbing parts off the shelf. As long I mean, as long as he put them back, he was okay. But I mean, to be eight years old and putting a 356 Porsche motor together, like that's pretty substantial. Um, and, uh, he's got it, you know, based down to, I mean, we talk about finding parts as hard and in, in some of that stuff. And he had it based down to how many that they've made, how many are, you know, were sold to the United States and then how many were sold to California. Cause that was kind of their target market was California. And then, you know, take some of the ones that were crushed away to what's left. I mean, he had it down to kind of a number that he still thought was sitting around in California. He could find, um, and he's finding, you know, several, several a month type of thing. Um, so he's got a good supply, but he's kind of the master of the 356. That's kind of his bread and butter, but he's kind of, 9-11s and a few other stuff oddball projects but it was just kind of neat to see that you know an eight-year-old kid is reading a uh, maintenance manual building an engine so emory is to 356 customization what singer is to 9-11s mm-hmm. yeah 100 percent. or so, what for those of you who are resto mod or pro touring hot rod people um what uh Kyle and Stacy Tucker are, right? Isn't it Kyle? I think so. Detroit Speed. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's right. Or the Ring or, or the or ring, ring Brothers. Ring Brothers, yeah. yeah. Charles, I just texted you a photo of um the three fifty six RSR. You should pop that on the screen because Yeah, the problem only... is put it put it in the chat because he's Lost. he's on yeah Android. <laughs> I, the, I know what I know what car is. Yeah, the, the RSR three I'm on it. I got you. Yep, I'm on it. Uh, MRE three fifty six. And I personally, actually, I have that fo- that car saved on my phone because I'm in love with it. If I win the lottery, totally doing this. <laughs> I wonder what one of those things costs. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. He bought. Um... What do you say? He paid uh, ninety five thousand for one in the interview. He paid ninety five thousand for one, and it wasn't running. So take that as one I think, running to, 
you know, going to. I think it might have been a little less than that. But. I'm you sure? Say, I mean, 2,000 pounds and what, 300 and some odd horse, close to 400. Three, three, horse. Yeah, 393. Yeah, almost 400, actually. That's got to be a handful. Yeah. And it's a short wheelbase. I mean, these things, the 356 is. It's it's a squashed Volkswagen Beetle. I mean, a 911 is big next to one of these things. Yeah. yeah. So it's a fair shake that I will never own one, or if I do, I will simply sit and look at it. <laughs> you're and gonna wipe it down with a diaper. You're if you if you own I'm one, you will need you will need the extended cab version customization. The yeah, thing. we should just put it. You know, yeah, just put a Recaro, just kind of lean it up against the motor. Yeah. The thing that drives me crazy is that this is how this is how cool my dad was. His first car was an MGB. His second car was a red Porsche 356B Cabriolet. And unfortunately, it got ruined by somebody in a brand new Ford Fairlane who rear-ended him on Van Dyke. Otherwise, that car would still be here and I would love it. So the interesting thing is like, you know, the 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 car that like when he started building it, like it got rear-ended or sideswiped and, you know, everybody's like, Oh my God, what are you going to do? And he's like, you know, he kind of just took it and, and went with it. And uh, it was one of those deals where he just, it has character. It doesn't matter that it's totaled. He said, I could have totaled it, but it, it has character and that's what it is. So. Oh, um, you're talking about his, his nine 11. His nine 11. Yeah. Yeah. The GT three, uh, GT rs maybe i don't know whatever it is it's it's to buy one new you're gonna you're gonna i don't know probably pay what you would pay to buy two-thirds of a brand new pro stock i can make that much money in five seconds yeah show me how buddy Uh uh-huh yeah don't show me your only fans address. <laughs> well, since you asked, no. Oh dear God! Here, with, here we go with the feet pick. Uh-huh. He's, he's hey. wearing this shirt. That's like, oh my God, Charles. Ain't no, ain't no shame in my game. I'll show feet picks. If that's a, if it pays a million dollars. I don't give a shit. Look at him. Go right wow. ahead. All right. Yeah. Everybody's got a price, and if, if feet's what get, does it, I don't care. Bring it. Yeah. Ankles so you, cost extra. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. So, what's on your guys' uh, podcast or uh, reading list? I started a new book here last week, and I haven't gotten super far with it. Um, I'm I started uh, Dead Tree Media. Um, this is written by Michael Stam. Uh, it's published through um, the uh, Johns Hopkins University Press. He's a history professor at Michigan State University. And it's it's about newspapers, but it's not about editorial decision making or anything like that, or or about necessarily um, how media today is even consumed. It's it's literally about the manufacturing of newspapers during the 20th century, as told through the prism of the Chicago Tribune. Uh, people tend to think of a newspaper as just being a, a building in a downtown area with a bunch of people sitting around typewriters and and then it gets thrown on your doorstep every morning. They don't realize that the in the case of the Tribune itself, 
they owned ships, they owned docks, they owned processing facilities along the in the case uh, of the Tribune itself. Through, through Ontario, um, near Niagara, to create the paper. They owned t- thousands of acres of timberland up in Quebec that was logged to create the paper. So it's literally the story of how did they make a paper um, for as long as they did. So that's what I'm perusing. It's kind of a lost art on yes. you know, the papers. And, and, you know, it's kind of fun to see, like, the history of where they came and how they've got to where they are today. Um you know, being able to see the old printing press machines and how long it actually took to do one newspaper. That's kind of, I don't know. It's a lost art. Yeah, I agree. I agree. As for the, um, ah, excellent. I have not read that one yet. The, uh, that's the, uh, biography. Yeah. Um, well, probably, I don't know if it's a biography or it's an autobiography, but it was Mark Donahue with Paul Van Valkenburg. Um, it was published forever ago. This is the, I think this this edition is still 20 years old, 20, yeah. going on 25. But it's the life and times of um, one of the United States' greatest racing drivers ever. So, if I'm not mistaken, that was Roger Penske's nickname for Mark. The Unfair Advantage? Yes. Hundred percent. Yep. Yeah, and I don't know. I every now and again I look at that, and I always I always think about everybody on on pull off who accuses everybody else of cheating and yada yada yada. They don't seem to realize that yes, there is probably cheating that goes on. Some guys really do put in that much time. Yes, they do. They do. And they wrench on their own stuff, and they study tracks, and they blow motors up on dynos and rebuild them, and they're just that damn good behind the wheel. They are their own unfair advantage, which is what Van Valkenburg, that was his summation of Mark Donahue. It was never uh, as much about the the race car as it was the guy inside it. So, Oh, by the way, if you're looking for something to read, I just uh, just, uh, flashed down my phone. Ryan's Interesting Iron just published to my email account. So That's right. For those of you out out my way, um, you guys will know some of the the characters in this one um good read and um it was of course it was a good read i wrote it (laughs) i will definitely be reading Um, it after the show but uh it's it's all about a a rather kind of a career defining moment in my life that i didn't know was happening at the time and uh um spoiler alert it happened at mound city chris wagel's pull Chris and Mitch and that crew. Um, and it wasn't on the track. So read that. And uh, then you can also drool over a really pretty 4455 that sells uh, just east of Lexington, uh, Kentucky, on Saturday morning. So two-wheel drive, well-optioned, 3,500 original hours. Nice tractor. Um we were talking, uh, you'd asked about what we're listening to as well. Um, I got a couple of podcasts that I always listen to. I, and I'm, I know I'm like a lot of you guys, um, listen to the farm for profit or farm for fun shows. Um, Corey and Tanner and Dave are all good friends. Um, Dave is one of our business partners at tractor zoom. Um, and we were 
an advertising partner with uh, Farm for Profit. But more than that, those are my buddies talking to their friends and, and to some of my friends. And they just released one with uh, Noah, the Korean corn star, um, or the Korean corn farmer. I forget what his TikTok name is, but farmer. you guys all know him. He's the guy that gets way too much hate from douchebags who don't seem to realize that just because you're adopted and you did come from Korea, that you can be a farmer and you can be pretty damn good with it. Yeah. Um, so I listened to that one. And um, then uh, on the drag racing thing. Um, yeah, it's pushing through your Dustin. Yeah. And thanks for tuning in, Dustin. Appreciate that. Uh, from North Carolina, one of our drag racing friends. Is that any better? I wonder. I wonder if it's when I turn back and forth. Yeah, my. I wonder if maybe you turned off the background noise setting. No, that could have been too. Um, but to uh, be pro proximity okay. pushing through um, the street, probably. For those of you who um, are um, uh, drag racing fans, and you've heard of Pin Soldiers race cars, uh, they built some of the prettiest ones in the business. Um, and, um, well, now they're going to be rebuilding one of the prettiest Grand Nationals I've ever laid eyes on. Um, Dave Pisk has put it in the wall at No Mercy on Friday night. Uh, I guess that'd be almost two weeks ago. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, at any rate, they do a, they do a podcast where they pull in, you know, some of the names, uh, some of the names and, and faces from racing or, and or motorsports and all things gear heady. Um, very positive, upbeat, you know, kind of life affirming and that kind of stuff. And that kind of stuff we could all use more of. And I'm trying to put more of that in my life. And I hope everybody would. So, Tin yeah. Soldiers Race Cars um, podcast is on YouTube. It may be elsewhere as well, but uh, I know for sure it's on it's on YouTube. Excuse me, YouTube. <coughs> all right. Before we get to, and that's a bit of foreshadowing for what we're actually going to get to the meat and potatoes of tonight in our terms of our discussion. Uh, the quick runaround of the photos, and I guess I've got Cody's up here first because that was the first one on the list. Um, just uh, photos of the week. Something you took. What is it? Tell us what we got going on. Uh, this is Clay Weimer. Uh, kind of had this idea for this shot. And uh, Clay Weimer uh, is a farmer that uh, used to be a tractor puller. Um, and he sold it and went to Missouri. And then it went somewhere else after that. Not very long. But uh, um, so he has a custom silage business. And uh, he had made this uh, post about uh, needing a video or something. I was like, hey, you know a guy. So we got together. It was one of the last fields left to chop. Um, it was actually a little too dry, um, for enough along, but they're in the middle of harvest and they're not really wanting to go chop type of thing, but they did anyhow. So, um, so this was one of the photos I snagged from that, uh, along with the video that, uh, I don't know, I just had it in my mind when I saw the, the blade when they were packing and I was like, this is what I want to do. So that's what I did. Sweet. Like it. Did you look at that in black and white? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Just checking. Speaking of, bit of foreshadowing there, black and white. Our buddy Joe. Yeah, Bear. that's that's Joe Bear from um, uh, the Outlaw Show in Bedford, which was uh, mm. mid-September. Um, kind of a bust because ten minutes before showtime, we got 
a downpour and about a half inch of rain and uh, track crew pushed through it but uh, a lot of the higher horsepower lighter weight classes i.e not semis um, chose not to hook because the track was maybe a little slick and the pits were a mess and you know it was going to be an issue with um, you know, everybody getting stuck and all that so I can't blame them for that but uh, shout out to uh, the the semi guys the 41 limited pro semi guys who they did a good job and they were able to get the power to the ground um, sort of not that you can tell right here because the starting line might have been a little greasy so that's what you see yeah. back there coming off the back tires that is smoke um, but once they got those tires to hook, um, they were off to the races. And Joe, I think, no, Joe didn't take that class, but uh, mm -hmm. he gave it a good ride. Um, and I think that class is, I think that class is awesome. Um, and you're right, Adam. He will send it. It does not yes. matter. Nope. So. Even even when the uh, the uh, tube comes off, he will still send it like he did up at Rock Valley. Yes. <laughs> That was when the when the, plumbing, when the plumbing is supposed to go out the stack and it does not, he's like, "Well, let's just go and win." Let's roll. Yeah, yeah. You couldn't even see the sled by the time he got down to the end of the track. Yeah, so, but all the equipment, you know, kind of stayed connected and together here, and he did a good job. Made a good pass. So, plus, I like black and white, and by now known me or followed any of my photos for more than like 10 minutes you've seen plenty of them. you caught it at the right spot too with a light plant behind it it just it backlit it perfectly yep mm -hmm. yeah that was the goal for because i got a shot of everybody in the class looking pretty much like that i like it and there's uh, his yeah uh, that's the, photo of the week the running lights didn't didn't blast it out either that's that's cool Stuff to do. Yeah, those might have. I might have done a little work on those. Yeah, well, you know, you don't give away all your secrets. I won't. <laughs> I didn't tell you what work. What's yours, and, Charles? Uh, I got to flip to it. Um, just because of the sprint car news this week, I went back to my last uh, wing sprint car race. This is actually from 2022. This was an all-star circuit of champions race at Attica Raceway Park in Ohio, spring of 22. Um, froze my ass off that day. It was cold. Um, but shot this inside of turn three. This was during qualifying, I think, is where we caught Mr. Ames throwing it into the corner. That's something I don't get to see a whole lot down here, uh, especially during the day. So they might run at night down here. Corning, Corning race of the track has a good, uh, good racetrack, but as far as most of their stuff is always at night and it's kind of dim lidded. So, yeah, I mean, I'm it's like, nothing, nothing we're not used to, I guess, but haven't been yeah, to a whole lot of tracks. Say, that shouldn't be a barrier to entry here. No, haven't been to a whole lot of tracks. Actually, uh, it's just tough to, to get the, the opportunity to go see stuff like this. But I will say Attica is a great place to go to as a photographer because the infield's wide open. Um, you do have to pay attention because you're a sitting duck. If somebody loses it and comes in the infield, you got to keep your head on a swivel and be ready for them potentially approaching from your backside. It's a little bit intimidating to turn your back on them as they're coming, but um, you're pretty much unobstructed for, I would say, 345 of 360 degrees of spin around on a lap. You can get a clear shot of a car. So it's, it's a cool place to go and go and do this. 
I've always thought about Saturday night if I don't have a pull to go to Corning. So they're 45 minutes away, so it's pretty close. Yeah. 40 definitely, minutes. Definitely encourage anybody to go to go to a sprint car race. It's worth the time. It's fun. It's fun. They haul ass. All right. Into the meat and potatoes for the program tonight. And um, this is actually um, I kind of not to not to put it on you, Ryan, but like it was it was you're the one who broached the subject with me. So I kind of wanted you to characterize what we wanted to talk about tonight. But it was something that, as you and I have discussed uh, earlier this week and, and in the last week, it's been kind of preying on my mind as well. Um, so I'll let you lead us in and then we'll see where this goes. Well, first things first, I, when I set up, when I created this event, and if any of you read it, it said, what happens when we go, when we leave, what happens to motorsports media when we leave? And I wrote it that way on purpose. It was a little bit clickbaity, um, but let's set that to rest. I don't think any of the three of us plan on getting out of, of the motorsports that we cover. If anything, we're going to keep trying to push and, and get in out of our comfort zone and into other kinds of motorsports. You know, I want to shoot more drag racing. I make no bones about that. Um, I think Cody does too. Um, mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, right now, uh, a lot of tractor pulling, a lot of truck pulling. Um, but the question that has been, I think, on my mind for a while is what happens if for one reason or another, any of us, and this is not limited to the three of us on the screen. This is Adam. This is about you. This is, um, you know, this Gordon is about Cox, who's watching. He's part of this. Cox, you're right. I would have caught that eventually. Um, and any of the other media folks out there who are, you know, doing their thing. Uh, what happens if, for one reason or another, we can't do what we do anymore? Because it does happen, you know. You know um, and so the question is, are we leaving the sport in a good place as far as, to use your analogy from earlier, Charles, restocking the pond? Yes. Are we, because, I mean, there's no shortage of people who say, yeah, I'd love to, you know, I'd love to do, I want to get into pulling media, or I want to get into motorsports media, I want to do this, I want to do that. And... You know, they think it, you know, lots of people probably think it's as easy as oh, I'm going to set up an Instagram page and then I'm going to go out and make sure my phone's all charged up. And we're going to have a rocking good time. And then I'm going to have a million followers and then profit. Yeah. I mean, because that's the way Adam did it, you know. <laughs> he, he made it work. It yeah, he, didn't, he didn't have to put in the time and he, he didn't have to drive. Oh, yeah. He, yeah. He, he definitely didn't put in any time. No, none. No, 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 no. No. Did it all, you know, pretty much from the comfort of his own home and. Just like all three of us, and you know, we're yeah. all bajillionaires now. Haven't you seen our pro stocks? Mm-hmm. But the question is, I mean, you know, for me, um, I mean, and I think I can say this for all of us: somebody has given us a break. Um, yes, somebody saw something in us at one point in time or another when we were either getting into this, or we'd been doing it for a little while, or whatever. I know for me, it was it was Jason. You know, it was it was Jason Schultz. He uh, was the first guy to ever tell me, you know, go have fun, please don't die, not on our track, you know. And he did that when at his dad's pole in Springville, an ECI hook. That was the first 
that was probably the first show I ever shot where there was anything that made over a thousand horse on the track. Um, and then he did it again in 2014 at Mount City. Um, and, you know, he vouched for me with uh, Chris Wagle and Mitch Corbin and said, look, he'll have fun and he won't die. Nick Flyer, trust me on this. It'll it'll work well. And shoot, uh, I've been there pretty much every every year since. Um, you know, my point is he saw something in me, and and I hope he did, I I hope he would say that he still did, um, and that I was still a worthwhile investment, or you know, taking the risk. Um, but that got me to thinking. Well, who are who are we bringing up? kind of mentoring are we mentoring anybody and should we um and if so what what types of things do they need to know what you know what should we be teaching them um what do they need to demonstrate to us um as um, i feel really really stupid saying this but as Elder statesmen of the sport, I guess, guys who have who have been doing this for a while, and and I know, Gord, I know you've been doing it for longer than, than I have for sure. Um, but so I feel kind of stupid saying that, and like I'm, you know, putting up us on a pedestal, and I'm not saying that for that reason. Um, I'm saying any of us involved in the sport right now, what are we doing to pay that forward to kind of raise up another generation? What do they need to know? What do they need to demonstrate to us? Um, because, I mean, I guess we can all kind of pick and choose who we, you know, who we want to mentor or take under our wing. And some of that is personality-based. And, you know, there's probably a million factors that go into it. Cody and I might pick two different people. Charles will pick a third. Um, but, you know, what do we look for in somebody like that? Um, who might be looking for a mentor and what are we teaching them? How are we teaching it? And is that what we should be doing? Yeah, I agree with that wholeheartedly. I mean, I, I came into this in a very different time. Uh, when I started uh, photoing and videoing events, it was in the mid 1990s and then, then started the announcing thing once I graduated from college in 2000. And back then, there, there was no social media. There was no YouTube. You had Fonda's Message Board, which I missed terribly, and you had Philos.com. That was, that was the information superhighway. Otherwise, it was word of mouth, pick up your telephone. No one had a camera in their phone. That wasn't a thing. It was all very word of mouth to get in. And I got in with a club that was starting up doing antique stuff. And jumped on Mike, we're volunteer level. And then the president then at the time of some tractor pulling association was Gary Hebling. Heard me a few times, granted me the permission to drive his antique tractor, and then decided, you know what, this guy sounds okay, and hired me to do some thumb pulls in 2004. It was my first paycheck um, working in sled pulling. And there was no, there was no social media back then. And I, I remember the grind, I still grind, but I remember the search for acceptance from those who were there and the the display of enthusiasm that I put forward and just looking for any sort of feedback that maybe I could 
crash through that glass ceiling and be a part of the the club, so to speak, if that makes sense. And I still think today that um, tractor pulling is a very insular, very old boys club sort of situation and sort of scenario. And while I will not claim at this time that I have reached a position where I have crashed through that glass ceiling to become a part of the club, I think I am still an outsider because I'm opinionated and not afraid to say those things. I am, however, in a position to offer that sort of support and encouragement for someone who is showing me the same things I was doing 20 years ago. And all they're looking for is that acceptance and that um, open door, that open phone, whatever you want, whatever you need, come on in and like, let's do this. Let's show me what you got. I, like, I'm not going to do it for you, but do it. I want to see it. Um, there's a comfortability in my position, I guess, within the sport where like, I don't, I don't feel threatened by anything like that. If you would have asked me that 10 years ago, I would have had a different response for you. But now I kind of understand that like there's room at the table for everybody. And in fact, there's, there's, there's more seats open at the table than there are asses to sit in them. Um, mm -hmm. I'm looking for that. Um, and, and when you brought this subject up to me last week, it, it kind of struck a nerve with me that there was something that, that I was kind of wrestling with myself because at the same time I was doing it, I was mentoring some people and we'll get to what that looked like uh, throughout the course of this year in, in a moment. I was also caving to the social media norms of quick for the snark, you know, gatekeeping, all these sort of things. And it was really driving some anxiety for me. And I realized that I wasn't, I didn't like who I was becoming and the image I was projecting in doing those sorts of things, even though behind the scenes, I'm doing this other stuff. And I realized that I get way more fulfillment of the other things I was doing and have learned to lean into those. That was a mouthful. Yeah. So once I finally realized what I was doing and what, how it was making me feel and that it sucked and that I was doing these other things, what was I doing? So the, the, the first one's the easy one. It's the nepotism thing, right? Um, getting my son in doing whatever he wants to do. I mean, he just, he's enthusiastic. He doesn't care. Like, can I run the sled? Can I be a flagger? Can I, can I go check draw bars? Can I run the scale? I don't care. I just want to do something. Anything but hold a microphone. That's what he wants to do. Brought him in, uh, got the girls in doing, doing photography stuff and following that. And Allie's really taken to that and, and, and rose to the occasion. That's, that's easy to do when it's your own kids. Simple. I had to go look for other places where I could seek out some of that enthusiasm and, and bring somebody along. And I found it with Shane Hunt and Wyatt Schulte. They show the enthusiasm. They're young. They're hungry. They want to do this. They want to be a part of it. Um, they solicit advice. I don't know why they tolerate me, but they do. Um, you know, despite the word generation apart, let's be honest. Like I'm, I'm the old fuddy duddy and their, their crew. They're, they're get off my lawn. Yeah, I'm I'm old man yells at cloud and they're they're the guys who are uh you know hanging out and doing the cool shit that I never was that guy anyway. I'm not gonna try to equate myself to that. Anyway, I saw the enthusiasm and yeah, there's they're they're young, they're gonna make mistakes, they're gonna put a foot wrong here and there, and that's okay. I did too. I I wasn't I'm still not 
an ace on every turn of the, you know, the, the whatever I say or do or how I act in, within the sport. I, I'm not. Um, but I'm human. And I recognize the humanity behind them as well and that they're going to learn from those mistakes. And I'm happy to offer the guidance and and set a table where they can succeed and, and do something. They're going to have to do it. I'm not going to do it for them. And, and I haven't. They've done it. What they've got going with Motorsports Almanac, they've earned that. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm here for it. I'm happy to see it succeed. And, and there's, I could, I don't want to get to get the name dropping because there's a bunch of young people I met this year too. We're doing similar things and being successful with it. I, I want to see them win. I think there's a future for them within the sport. Well, in that case, maybe you do need to name drop them because some of the people who are listening tonight haven't heard them. All right. Um, we want to help them. If we want to help them win, at yeah, least throw okay. it in the show notes. Let's do it. Uh, Eli Liskey, who's an announcer in his own right, he's been doing it for a couple of years. He's not brand new okay. at it. Um, he's doing very well in the Midwest. Um, in the state of Ohio, Cameron Kesky does a lot of video work. Um, I'm not sure if his YouTube channel is that name or what, um, but young guy um, out there doing that's the thing. Cam, that's Cam's pulling production. Yes, I think that might be right. That might be right. He's kind of following in Adam's footsteps. He is. He absolutely is, and actually, the the night I first met him was at Oak Harbor, Ohio, with Adam. Uh, Adam's the one who introduced us. So, um, yeah, um, Adam, all credit to him. But uh, you know, everybody knows his success story, and he's definitely ground for everything he's got. And um, cool to know him and have him as a friend. And another guy out in Pennsylvania is Chase Steinman, CS Pulling Productions. He's he's an announcer. He's a promoter. He's running a schedule. I mean, he's doing it all. Yeah, and and pretty successfully too. I got to meet him last fall, um, and have been paying attention to him ever since. So that's just that's a few of them. I'm sure there's others, but those are the ones top of mind being put on the spot. See, the only one I think I've met is Chase, and that was at the Diesel and Dark Corners last year. Yeah. So he announced a what a class or two down there, and got some visit with him, and he did some videos down there, and so. Yeah. Oh, and another one I should mention locally um, here within the state is Matt McNault. Um, his dad has pulled Super Farm, uh, the Green Energy John Deere and Super Farm class, and, and Matt's his oldest. You recognize that name somewhere. Yeah, and uh, so he's he started announcing here a couple of years ago, and he's very good at it. Uh, I enjoy working with him, and I I love that he's around and is another individual that I can. When someone asks, "Hey, can you do a show?" and I say, "No." I've got a phone number and somebody I trust to put my name behind that just I'll take care of you. Um, and I guess he's not, he's not as young as Matt, but I'll, I'll throw Darren Hartwell in that mix too. He's come on mm-hmm. four or five years as well to be a very successful voice and has rode it all the way to the top. He's, he's at Chapel Hill. He's at Bowling Green. He, he's done very yeah. well, very yeah. well. And I'm, and I'm proud of that. He, he earned it. I, all I did was make introductions and give him a shot, but he has earned everything that he has done. Uh, since then, it's it's all on him, and he's been successful with it. Yep. Adam, you want to hop on with us? We'll send you the link. We'd love to have you join us. You've got a perspective here that yeah, is he does. well worth listening to. So text me or, or any of the three of us if, if you want the link, and we can handle that. Yep. It'll be the first time Adam's face has ever been seen. I know. This is Frank true. Ever. I, I almost. Almost. Beg him at an IPL hook to do it with me. <laughs> right? Well, uh, the awkward selfie or something. Yeah. Oh, there's the. If you can live stream oh, our show, loud. Yeah. you should be fine. For gosh sakes. We I can try it. 
you know, and, and there's and, a big one right there. There's, I think, and I, I certainly had it when I was young. Like we, you look up to these competitors, these pullers, and you're intimidated by them because you put them on this hero pedestal, right? So there's a shyness, and I'm I'm inherently a naturally shy person. Yeah, right. You're on a you're on a podcast. Are you a shy person? If you really know me, a classic textbook case, extroverted introvert. I'm fine if one of these is in front of me, but otherwise, like I'm the guy at the party who's just in the corner watching. Um, I'm not the dude out there sitting on a swing set wishing someone would talk pulling with him. Yes, yes, I'm that guy. You're Pablo Escobar. (laughs) 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 Only without the really nice bank account. Anyhow, or yeah, the mustache. But there's a there's an intimidation factor, I think, for young people when they go into the pit area and they they I'm sure they want to like have that interview and and have that audience and have that time, but the thought bubble maybe crosses their mind like. I don't know what to say to this person. Yeah. You know, they're doing it. I don't know. What am I, you know, I'm going to sound like an idiot. And what you find out is that the competitors are down to earth, wholesome people who still put their pants on one leg at a time, same as you do. And they're, they're real. And there, there is no, there's, there's no stupid question. There's nothing that's all, you know, necessarily off, off limits or whatever. Like just engage with them because quite frankly, as competitors, they want it. They want the coverage. Is is insular and private as so many of them can seem to be. On balance, there's a hunger for telling that story and getting it out there. And I encourage people to overcome their own objections and don't, you know, when I say that, like there's an approach to it, right? Like there's a decorum, there is a politeness, and there's a respect that has to be earned as well. You don't want to just jam a mic in somebody's face and start you know jabberwocky whatever you know you can't do it like that but and have some appreciation for them and 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 want to tell their story and maybe know a little bit going in as well do do a little homework that never hurts never flip, that's flip one side, thing that go ahead cody Sorry. i say flip side of that is um there are some pullers that don't like being on camera but would love to tell you their story yes um ryan and i saw it uh this summer out at wisner mr jensen with the alcohol express he has a very unique story and tells it really well, but he's like, I'm, I, I don't know if I can do a camera. And he was so worried and nervous about it. And he did great because you guys are going to see how great he did within the next few weeks. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, because the, the cameras that we're talking about were not ours. Yes. Yeah. Scott's not scared waiting. of us. Still waiting for right. that to drop. Yeah. Me yeah. Um, it's, I was told it's in the queue. So yeah. But, um, but I mean, it, it's one of those things. Of, cameras. Yeah. And the, the thing is like, there's, there's some pullers that they'll talk to you like this back and forth normal, but there you put a camera and want to ask questions and they kind of freeze up. Yeah. And the biggest thing I can say is make it conversational. It doesn't have, I mean, you start asking questions about the build and stuff like that and you know what they did and what struggles they have, like they start opening up and then you can ask the other questions, you know, the ones you want to know some answers to that, you know, they may not want to, you know, just dive into right away. Ask them questions about their equipment and what they got, how they got there and stuff like that. And then build that rapport with them when you're making that video, because then that translates into when you ask the questions later on, you want to know you're going to get them. Um, and that it, again, that's just part of storytelling. You know, you don't jump right into the climax of the story without building the preface to get there. Yeah. So. That's, that's actually been a statement that has been a part of my, 
and continues to be a part of my approach to people when I want them to be a guest for this show and has been, you know, back to when Andrew and I first started even was that I would tell people, look, there's no, there's not going to be a gotcha question. I'm not asking you, I'm not going to ask you anything that you don't already know the answer to. It's just going to be an opportunity to have a conversation with you and tell your story. That's it's as simple as that. Mm-hmm. And if you want to see somebody who can, who can build rapport on the fly like that, you need to go out to 1320. And I know we're, we've been pimping them really hardcore for a long time. Um, Cody and I mean, all three of us are big fans. There's a yes. reason that they're so damn successful. There's a reason why Kyle can pay cash for a brand new R8 if he wants to. Yeah. Because they're that good. But one of their guys, and one of them in specific, is more conversational than anybody else I've ever seen. Probably even, even on a pulling track. It's Fred. Um, Fred's got Fred's the guy with the beard. Um, and he wears a beard and a flat bill and you'll see him talking to the camera in, uh, to his own camera, um, at a lot of events, but watching him work, I've never seen him work on camera before until I hadn't paid attention to it, but I hadn't seen it until, um, Cody and I, you know, took him around, took him and Scott, um, around to see I don't know, five or six different competitors. I'm telling you, watching him work, just watch and listen carefully. All of you guys who, who wanted to start doing this and talking to people and getting stories and storytelling, watch how he does it. Pay attention real carefully. Don't don't focus on the quest or on the answers to the questions or the hardware. Listen to what he says and how he says it. And the and the other the flip the flip side of that is he's not from the pulling world. No. So this is not this is not his norm. He doesn't know the stats. He doesn't know the drivers. He doesn't know. Any, I mean, we pulled around the corner and the guy's like, "Holy effing shit!" He's like, "That's cool," you know. Like yeah, he, he said some funny words. Oh, I I should have just been <laughs> like recording. soap in your mouth if if mom hears some kind of words. Yeah, and I I wish I would have been recording because like you take a guy that it's not in his element, doesn't know how all this stuff works to know the horsepower and all that stuff. And, and we were talking to Doug Meisinger and he's sitting there, he's like, and talking about, you know, what the turbo is and this and that, and what they're talking for boost pressure. And he's like, Oh, the highest we ever see is this. And Doug's like, yeah, we have that at the first charger. And then like Fred's jaw drops. <laughs> I you remember know? that, but it's one of those things like it's not even his element and he's able to rebuild that rapport with whoever he's talking to. And that's the yeah. thing is like, you don't always just watch things just specifically to learn or entertainment. You watch things to learn and yeah. you learn from every, like, you know, you try to take away from every little thing you do. And, and as photographers, we learn every time we do a shoot, what worked, what didn't work, what we liked, didn't like, and we try to make corrective action for the next time. And it's all part of the growth process. And that's one of the things I can tell you is like, when you watch a video, what did you learn out of that video? Not necessarily the facts or the storyline or whatever. Like, what did you learn? What's something out of that video you took or that picture you took? And, you know, not actually try to replicate it, but how do you make it your own unique style? And that's one thing that, you know, in the past year that one of the reasons I did the challenge for everybody, you know, you know, and, and it doesn't matter what age, you know, everybody sat in there and says, what can I, you know, all right, let's go. Let's give it to me, whatever. And that's one of the things that, you know, when I look it back at, you know, it doesn't matter if, age-wise to me, 
it's you know how can i push you out of your bounds charles and i still got to catch up on his black and white album yep. i have thoughts on it but it's never think about it ryan's still waiting for his reflection shot so you keep giving him a hard time about it but it's still like just because i'm an arrogant prick and i won't do it just because i know he wants it right so bad. back back to the, the the stylistic you know the approach of it all like fred got me at ucc one year um after tony had blown up on the dyno and that was kind of it was kind of all done right, i remember that now yeah i'd been up there and and kind of went looked at the truck and gone through everything what 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 had happened and whatever and um come down off the dyno and we're just we're bullshitting and i just got yeah did you get all that you know it, did you get some cool footage this that the other and i had the three remaining pieces of the compressor wheel a turbocharger in my pocket and i pulled them out and i go here check this out and he goes hold on time out hold on hold on and he pulls the camera up. He's like, tell me all that again. We're going to do it on camera now. And it just right into it we go. And it, he's just so easy. And But he's he's enthusiastic, right? He'd never been to a diesel event before. He, but he was just in it. He wanted to know and and was willing to learn. And and that's what you've got to do. you got to demonstrate that um, that eagerness that, hey, you know, I don't doesn't matter what it is. And it doesn't matter if I don't understand it. Teach me. Yeah, yeah that genuine curiosity goes a long ways. Yeah. Yeah. But what are we when if somebody and this is I mean, this is all kind of practical hands on advice for guys like Wyatt and, you know, stuff like that. But um, if you want to get our attention, I mean, because like I said earlier, I mean, this sounds really, really arrogant, but I can choose you or I can not choose you. Mm -hmm. What are you guys looking for? What gets your attention? What? What makes you think, you know what, I want to talk to that kid. I want to tell him, you know, I, I want to strike up some sort of a relationship with that kid or that person or that human, whoever that is, you know, because what what is it that gets you guys, that makes you think, hey, there's something here that I haven't seen elsewhere? I'm looking for, I guess, two, a couple things particularly. One is patience, because I'm, I'm I am busy. If you if you ask me something like, if I don't respond to you in the first five minutes, there's probably a damn good reason why I didn't. Mm -hmm. Just put your question out there, and if I will get back to you, I promise I will. But let it breathe. If you start just blowing my phone up, like, hey, I got a day job, man. I've I've got kids. I've got responsibilities. I got stuff I got to do. If I don't get to you in the first six hours, even trust. No one trusts. There's a reason why um, that. I'm I'm probably busy, and it's not that what I'm doing is more important than you, but it kind of is. <laughs> it pays um, the bills. Yeah, it pays the bills. <laughs> Mortgages are important. You know, those are, well, not that I have one of those, but, you know, bills are important. Uh, and the other thing is, if you start off with a solicitation for, I doesn't matter what, anything. If you're asking me a question and you just, you want, you want some know-how or some advice or some knowledge, great. If you're asking me for an introduction, if you're asking me for a job, if you're asking me for a favor, how to make money, how to make money automatic, I'm I'm already done with you. It's already over. I want to see that you are seriously engaged with the process. If you're just here for the quick buck, I don't really want to talk to you. And find it elsewhere. Yeah, find it else. Find find your patron elsewhere because I'm not the guy for you. 
If there's if anybody is getting the quick introduction out of me, their names are Isabella, Christian, and Allie, and they have the same last name as me, and that's it. Just the way it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he doesn't even do us personal favors. No. Well, once in a while. Like once in a while. <laughs> no, I never would have. I never would have gotten to shoot UCC with you, without without you saying, "Hey, this is my dude. I want him. I want him here." Yeah. Yep. Offer. So, but that's standing offer to both of you on that one. By the way, that's the thing, though. Um, one of the questions that I asked these guys is what what do we need to do, or what do they need to do? What does somebody who's got our attention, what do they need to do before we feel comfortable making that introduction? Because, I mean, if I, you know, if, I, okay, I'm, I'm using Cody as an example here because I made introductions for him. Um, if I didn't feel like, and I'll, I'll, I'll take the real easy, low-hanging fruit here. If Cody had been, you know, dancing around on the chalk line and acting like a douchebag um, and not paying attention to 4,000 horsepower coming at him at 35 miles an hour with, you know, 50,000 pounds behind him, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have vouched for him to John Mears to get him clearance to shoot, you know, PPL shows. I wouldn't have told, I wouldn't have told Wagle that he won't embarrass you and he won't get hurt. And you'll be really happy with the work that he turns out. And this isn't, I mean, this is not me grandstanding or, or, you know, talking Cody up or anything like that. Um, But, you know, the low hanging fruit is you got to know how to act around a track. Um, Yeah. We understand, we understand being excited. We understand exuberance. We do not tolerate, at least I don't, immaturity. Um, Especially, you know, timing is everything. If you know some guy just shelled a transmission and there's pieces and parts on the on the ground, and you want to do something funny and make a funny trackside TikTok, get after it. Stay out of the way of the track uh, the track people. Have fun. But if you're trying to do that as you know a light mod or a mod is spooling up or, or bringing up the revs to come down the track, I'll escort you off the track myself, and that'll be the end of it. Because I don't want you getting hurt. Because if you get hurt, see, here's the thing. If somebody on the safety side, if somebody screws up and somebody gets hurt because of it, if you get hurt because of your own stupidity, that affects all three of us on the screen there, as well as a third of the people in the commenters right tonight. Because it makes it harder for us to get to the next event and get on the track because, well, that other photographer was acting like a douchebag and got and, you know, ended up breaking his leg or tripping and falling and, you know, almost got his head caved in by a two wheel drive. Well, I don't want photographers around you know, screwing mm-hmm. the photos. I, don't, I, you know, I can't have that. I can't have my insurance policy going up because some photographer isn't paying attention. Or some videographer camera guy isn't is, is acting like a fool. That's a real good, I mean, you know, that's a real good way to get off of our list. Um, the, but, the, other, the other way to get off our list is not be respectful of the other media in attendance. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. That is probably one of my biggest pet peeves. If you don't respect everyone around you, you know, I, and the three of us don't use a tripod. Um, but like, well, most of the time we'll set our bags down somewhere. You know, I've had it multiple times. I can tell you Adam Wilson's had it multiple times where he has his tripod set up and somebody sets up right in front of him. Have some or respect. Moves. Yeah. You know, and that's the thing, you know, in, in Georgia, you know, I, I camp out kind of in front of Adam and he's behind me, but you know, it's always like, are we good? Not good. You know, like where, how far out can I go? You know, to try and have some respect for the other people because we're all there because we love the sport. And, you know, um, you know, a couple of years ago, Ryan and I ran into uh, an indoor pole and there was a gentleman that came in and had flashes set up everywhere, remote flashes. And he had one set up at the end of the track in the pile and like he's firing triggers away and it's just lighting up everybody coming at him and you know we had several pullers that made comments about it and then he got all mad because well that's the only way that that magazines are going to buy my pictures and started like making a big deal about it and i'm like i'm sorry but like it's distracting to everyone you know um and it's just just have some decent respect for everybody else you know there's there's times when you look at I looked at pictures from Georgia type of thing and pullers helmets inside the helmet is lit up inside the cab and everything from a flash. And it's, you know, I'm not a driver, but that's distracting, you know, and everyone else has issues with it. So just have some decent common respect for everybody else that's trying to do their thing at an event. I think another thing to to your point, what am I looking for? I don't know that I could give you a specific thing that I'm looking for. The the, the I suppose that could run to infinity of the things I'm looking for. I'll tell you something I'm not looking for. Within the first 45 seconds, I can judge your seriousness based on whether or not there's a comment that comes out of your mouth that's a non sequitur. If you bring up something that just doesn't have anything to do with the focus of what we're about and trying to do or what you're asking me for that specific moment, the only absolution I have for you is that you better be only 13 years old. Otherwise, I know you are not serious, you are not focused, and I'm already turned off and I'm looking for a way out of this conversation. I want to see focus, specifics. What are you trying to do? What do you want to what do you what is your goal? What do you want to know about? And if there's something that comes in that's just noise or has nothing to do with any of it, I'm already I'm, I'm checked out because, and especially at an event when I'm particularly if it's one I'm announcing where I'm already in the zone anyway. I'm already focused on what I'm trying to do, and yeah, I've got the bandwidth to address you, but the second it's just like UFOs, bye. I I'm busy. Your name just became yes, we could. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, we could address it. We don't want to. Yeah, right. We're there to do a job and tell a story. And theoretically, you are too. So if you're asking me what's a good date night restaurant, I'd want to take my girl out for dinner tomorrow. I don't freaking care. You know. Um, it's, I mean, and it's, it's real you know, simple. It, like, you know, a super stock comes out on the track and, you know, Hey, what are they, you know, do they have turbos on there? Like my grandpa's 1456. No, done. Already done. Done. Because you clearly haven't done any of the work. Like it's already over. 
Yeah. Yeah. The other, I, I will say one thing that I, that I want to see is um, specifically on the photography side. I want to see you doing something that's uniquely your own. Yes. Like don't stand right next to me and take the same shot that I do. And, and for God's sake, don't ask me what my settings are. Don't, I will yeah. make something up that will absolutely ruin your photo just because of that. Don't stand in or, our bubble, please. Or, or, don't or stand you, in or, the bubble. Or you will get next to me when I'm doing something really out there, and I will tell you what my settings are and dare you to try it. Yes. <laughs> but, yes. no, that we want, I mean, we all, I mean, we're all at the same event. We're all theoretically telling a similar story. Um, but there's enough different angles on something that we can yes. all tell it in a different way. I don't want somebody telling the story the same way that I would. Just like you wouldn't want somebody telling, taking the same photo and captioning it the same way that you did. You know, show me, show me, and, and dedication and, I don't know, powers of observance, maybe. I, I, it's hard to kind of quantify it, but, and this is not, this is not saying that, you know, your photos have to be technically excellent. God, you look at half of mine and they're, they're absolute crap if you zoom in on them 100%. You see the shit um, that we delete. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Um, that's not that's not what I mean when I say tell the story in a different way. But I want to see your creativity. And I don't want to see my creativity mirrored through somebody who's 15 years younger and 150 pounds lighter than me. Show me, show me your creativity, how you see it. Because yeah. you and I do not see this the same way. Cody and I don't see it the same way. No. Charles and I don't see it the same way. Neither does Allie. She nope. doesn't see it the same way as any of us either. So no. why should our photos do that just because you think that that's successful based on likes or comments or shares? Yeah, yeah don't. So there. Do your way. You just yep. hit on something. I was just going to say, yep. Go ahead, Cody, because I'm ready to just smash that one into the cheap seats, what he just said, but you go ahead. Well, my yeah, I, the same thing is don't, don't do it just for the likes, comments, and shares. Do it because you love it and you want to tell and share that because it, I'll be honest, I don't have that many likes, comments, and shares on most of my stuff. Does it bother me some days? Absolutely, because that's social norm, but I don't keep doing it for the likes, comments, shares. I keep doing it because I enjoy it, you know, and that's, that's fun. I enjoy making the content. I enjoy telling a different story. Mark Ham and I had a very similar picture from Rock Valley of a truck that had a tool drive that had all four wheels off the ground. And I'm embarrassed to say how long I hunted for when someone made the comment of, oh, you caught the fire extinguisher coming out. I'm like, where's the fire extinguisher? And I, I'm not kidding. Like I hunted for a long time. Mark's picture shows it clean as day. He was at a different angle and it tells a little bit different story. But the 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 point of it is like it you don't do it for the likes, comments, and shares. Because it just, in my opinion, like I used to, I mean, I used to make a big deal about it. And anymore, it's like, I don't really care. I do it because I enjoy it and it's fun and I want to tell a story. And maybe it's I'm getting to be the old geezer yelling that people get off my lawn because the neighbor's dog shit in my front lawn again. But it's one of those things, whatever. No, that's 100% right. It, the second that you're doing it for that, people can tell. And what it boils down to is authenticity. 
If you're yes. doing it for you, if you're doing it from a, a, a clean place, a place of passion, it's going to come through. It's going to come through in how you take the photo. It's going to come in how you present the photo. It's going to come in what you write that goes with the photo. There's, it's, It'll come in what you say about the photo, whether it's announcing, whether it's photography, whether it's video, whatever it is, that authenticity of passion will shine through, and that will garner you the sort of respect that you're looking for and open more doors for other people to offer their stories to you. Um, Furthermore, but if you're doing it for clickbaity, it's gonna it's gonna show. It's I gonna hate show. captions. I honestly hate captions. If I could post photos without captions, I would. I mean, I am so close to just being post a photo and not caption it because I am terrible at writing them. And I hate them. So, yeah. Furthermore, the um, oh shit, what was I gonna say? We're, we're good as a team together. But something I'm about authenticity and, and, and then a squirrel ran by and Alzheimer's and dementia, whatever. I don't know. <laughs> I right. call it dementia because you're in the basement and seeing a squirrel run by at night's kind of hard. Um, <laughs> yeah. Wyatt, fuck. Don't a. even go there. Nope. Nope. Don't do it. Don't. Let's, yeah. Actually, Wyatt, try that. Let us know how that works. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, now I know what now I know what I was gonna say. Um passion and dedication and authenticity will get you so many, so much further and so many more open doors than technical perfection and cleanliness of, of whatever craft it is, whether whether it's yeah. photography or words or mic skills or uh, or photography, still photography. The being really authentic about what you do and loving what you do comes through. The passion comes through, and the passion will get you more open doors and more handshakes and more gigs and more sales at the end of the day than anything. But you can't go into it saying, I'm going to appear authentic so I can sell stuff. No, that doesn't work. At a mile away. I made a post a few months ago, and it was real simple and real to the point. And it, it was this. I'll be an outsider until I outlast them all. It's been 23 years. I'm still here. I'm not going anywhere. Mm -hmm. I don't plan on it either. And why it does give some crazy suggestions. We were playing with it at work today, actually. Um and uh, I had a, somebody had sent a uh, sent in. I've I've asked on Tractor Zoom for weeks now um, for harvest photos for user you know people who see the the post and they want to you know us to spotlight a photo or, or one of their harvest photos. I'll tell them send it in. Well, I had one, and uh, somebody in in our team brought up the idea of AI and how it works with Photoshop. I said, well, here, let me show you. So I selected that photo and I told Photoshop it was a, um, a silage chopper or a, a, yeah, it was a silage chopper and, and a truck, you know, going side by side. And uh, I said, put a cowboy uh, in front of the pickup truck or in, in front in front of the, the semi. Good God. The oh, yeah. Earns from from Photoshop's AI 
They're terrifying. So I don't the, understand. Uh, I don't understand how it missed the idea of what is a cowboy. Um, but we got things that looked absolutely apocalyptic. Um, yes. One, in one instance, it turned the truck into like a Cars style cartoon. The only thing it was missing was like the giant googly eyes. Um, another instance, it had this metal cylinder looking thing um, that was stabbed into the ground like it was a portal to hell. Um, or that zombies might come out of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. There, there are uh, some entertaining and bizarre facebook groups dedicated to ai gone wrong when it comes to photography you put in like three things one of them not like the other two and and see what sort of bizarre dystopian shit you get and uh, one thing in particular i've learned about ai when it comes to photography and photoshop it has not figured out how to handle hands if a human is supposed to be holding something it does not know how to do that Mm -hmm. i will tell you why i use ai I use it somewhat frequently. Um, I challenge you to find where I've done it. I posted photos tonight. No, not tonight. In the past week, I've posted photos where I used AI. Find one. Text it to me. You, You got my number. Good luck. It's all in how you use it, and it's all in how you apply it. Everything is everything is a tool set. The camera in your hand, the mic in your hand, it's a tool. However, how you use it. if I was selling abstract art, Photoshop AI would be fantastic. <laughs> Just saying. When you open an abstract art photo gallery, Cody, we will pimp it on the show. I fully plan on that. Good, 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 good. That red square is so moving. It's speaking to me. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Talks about, yeah, it's awful. <laughs> anyway. So, um, Ooh, here's I don't know nice if we've beat shit. Yeah. Huh? Ooh, here's a nice piece of shit. Yes. Absolutely. Let's see if we can sell it for $7 million. I'll take it. If I, if I sold it for $7 million, I think it's a seven million dollar piece of shit, and I would at, gladly accept that caption on Facebook for that right there. Yeah, but because it's AI, it's going to be sold to you. You're only going to get paid out in crypto, and it'll be worth nothing. Right, pretty much. Right. I don't know. Have we beat this to death or no? Um, we we kind of kind of have. Like, yeah, we've we've definitely taken we a conversational an arc. I think we kind of each. We all hung it up tomorrow. Can people pick up? Can I mean? Is there a is there a crop of talented young folks who who either we've taught some things or shown some things or what have we not shown them that we need to still? I feel like that I have some people that are coming through the ranks behind me. And at this point, what they are going to, what they don't already know, only experience can teach them at this point. Um, I might be able to front load that a little bit if, if asked, but it's, you know, it's impossible for me to anticipate every situation that exists and how it would be responded to. Have I seen a lot? Yes. Every year, do I still say to myself, man, 
never saw that before. And it's going to keep happening. You won't be able to ever foresee everything, but uh, yeah, I think Mm -hmm. the, I think the, the few behind me now have enough experience where now they can, they have the experience to be dangerous. And by that, I mean that they now it can at least formulate intelligent questions to probe the subject further, I guess is how I'd characterize it. From, from my standpoint, I think that there, I mean, there's always somebody that's starting a photography page. It always seems like that comes across my feed somewhere that you didn't know about, but it's very rarely that somebody gets into motorsports photography. And if we can help share that, um, to a degree to where, you know, like you said, if we hung it up tomorrow and we're done that somebody else can take it on. Um, I live in a rural area anyhow. So, but anybody that wants to ask questions, you usually try to help them answer, um, you know, and give them suggestions and stuff. Now, some people take that to the extreme. They find out it really doesn't work super great. And, you know, you end up having it next time you see them of curtail it a little bit, you know. Um, but I think it's the main thing of it. We're all willing to help share and, you know, effectively help the sport. I don't know that it helps it grow or helps get visibility, but it's to help preserve the reality of the sport um, and and tell that story over time because it's not always something that's, you know, super highly viewed or whatever. Um, but it's just the preservance of the sport, you know, to look back and say, you shot this event back in whatever year, you know, Charles, you, you've done it more than all of us, but when you can pull back through photos of how long ago type of thing, it's always fun to hear, you know, how long ago you were shooting and Ryan, you know, back when I, you know, I still wish I could digitize all the crap I've done on 35 millimeter film. I mean, I've got stuff going back to 2000 under yeah. the desk here that most people really have never, you know, it's a <laughs> lot of never even seen the light of day. I've seen them, but no one else has. It doesn't seem like that long ago, to be honest, but you know, and, and then you've got Ryan that talks about, you know, the history of tractors of where it started out, where it ended up, where it's at now and stuff. And it's, it's just one of those things that there's a history and each, every one of us has a different history to tell. And I think that's the, the critical point for me is, you know, helping them capture that history so it preserves and lives on. Yep. I'll, I'll extend it out there. I, I did last night in an in a unrelated um, thing on um, Motorsports Almanac last night, but I actually I'm going to get to. Uh, I do want to talk about that before we're done, but um, I'll put it out there. Um, get Get to me through socials. Um, I'll give you my phone number, 586-405-4471. It's on my webpage. It's on my Facebook page. It's on my business card. So if you call between the hours of 8 and 5 o'clock, I work for a farm bureau insurance agency. I'm probably not taking your call, but leave me a voicemail. I will get back to you. Um, Simple as that. You got a question? Hit me up. Uh, Whatever. I'll talk to you. Yep. Be authentic. That's the one thing. Be original and authentic. Don't do it for the money. No. It's so totally see-through. If you're building something just to get, I want to get, I got to get XYZ number of, you know, followers so that I can get monetized. Dude, freaking go home. Buy some stuff off Amazon and do unboxing videos. Don't come here. Legit. Or sell pictures of your feet on OnlyFans. (laughs) that too and this is not this is not us trying to be dicks but these are our i mean i'm not gonna lie these are our friends and loved ones and people we would take a bullet for 
we will not suffer people who are out to exploit them. Is that the right word? Yes. Yeah. You can't you can't do it that way. It's not the way it works. I spent my last I spent my last two weekends not pulling, but yet being at pullers properties. So two weekends. Not just not just one. You're kind of a weirdo. Yeah, I know. But still, like they're family, you know. Adam, you actually Adam, you have actually manipulated that that uh, phenomenon when someone's backing out of a trailer and you call it an unboxing video. I laugh every (laughs) damn time. But hey, but that is authentic because he thought of it first. Yes. Uh Uh-huh. Exactly. And I'm not gonna do it. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna take pictures of a truck backing out and say the same thing. It's not my thing to do, you know. No. But just be authentic. That's what we look for most is be authentic, be curious, and don't be afraid to ask the questions. Um, uh, Morgan, do you mean, do you mean between, on that. between photographers and videographers or between individuals? Like he means in the yeah, video. like are we talking? Is this the the video guys versus the photographer guys, or is this? Um, if you I mean have indiv- more respect for Cody or you or if you whatever. mean individuals, I will say that in certain circumstances, yes. If I go to a PPL show and Jesse and Mike Post are there, I know they're their official videographer photographer for the series. I'm not going to screw up what he's there to do. I will get out of his way. He has precedence over that event for very good reason. So is there some of that? Yes, of course there is. And to the flip side of that is, um, so I work in video and picture, but I don't do any videos really at polls. Um, if I do, it's it's very minute uh, stuff, and I haven't done it for a year and a half. So, But I will say, there's a difference between a videographer and a camera body. Camera body is the guy that sits there and doesn't know exactly what people want to see. Doesn't look at stuff. You know, if I'm watching a recap of an event, I want to see certain things. If I'm watching a live stream, I want to see certain things. And there's a difference between a warm body being able to zoom in and zoom out. that doesn't understand that versus somebody who understands what people want to see and what the sport wants. So there is a huge difference in, in variations of, of that. Um, we all, again, we've been reiterate, we've all see stuff differently as photographers. Um, and I think the videographers is you can have five people there, but there's, you know, usually a few of them that understand what somebody wants to see and how it's captured. And they, they're a camera operator, not a camera body. Yeah. I, I guess for my own personal sake, when I show up at an event, if there's multiple photographers and videographers on, on, on the property, that shy voice in my head does take over a little bit um, and says, get the hell out of all of their way. Let them do what they're going to do. But then I flip it onto myself and say, they're all up there doing that. What can I do different? And now I start looking for the challenge shot and going for stuff that's different because most... I've been around it long enough. Most of these guys who show up at an event that I'm at, I've got the front three quarter photo of them 16 times. I don't need yep. that again. I want something else now. So I get out of the way and now I'm looking for that artsy. And I don't mean this is not, I don't mean this denigrating, but artsy fartsy shot. That's what I'm going for. 
I'm not going to get published in the magazine where it's going to be the header on somebody's website. I'm going for the, how can I show this different? That's what I'm, that's what I'm looking for. In the, the heart, well, like I, internally. Morgan, in the heart. Be, be blatant. Yep. And Lisa, I did, and Lisa, I did see yours. We'll, we will get to that one. Yes. For me, like the, the hard internal struggle about that is, you know, I've had it a couple times where I could do that artsy fartsy stuff that I want to do. And it's never fails the two trucks or one tractor, whatever it went down the track when I was, you know, Wisner is the perfect, perfect example. Every year I'll walk back through the, through the trees. It's one of the coolest settings ever. Uh, you got these huge cottonwood trees and everybody stays back there. And there's not a, like there's sometimes there's not a single soul back there. And it's just equipment parked everywhere in the trees. And you walk back there to get photos and it never fails. The one or two tracks or trucks that go down the track, they, Hey, did you get a picture of me? I was like, no. And it's that internal struggle of, you know, you haven't asked for a picture for, you know, the last four years I've been doing this. And the one time I leave, you want a picture. And that's, yeah, it's the one time it's the one time that you were really going to actually open up your wallet. Yeah. And, and it's just, it's, it, it's that internal struggle of like, I am, I'm a D I like, I've been on details kick. I love detail shots. And that's like, if I could go do detail shots all day long, I'd love it, you know, because like finding that little niche details that no one else is doing that, like, it's just, I find intriguing more than anything else. That's the story I want to tell the details of that little niche stuff. I love that. But you asked the one time that I'm, I'm not in the track of for a shot type thing. And it gets it. It's that internal struggle of like the fear of missing out type of thing of, I'm going to miss a shot. And that's probably my biggest struggle of, and I try to force myself at least at every event now to at least walk through the pits, walk through, you know, do something different than just standing on the edge of the track and getting that shot. And I still struggle with that every day. We're not perfect. We're human. We're not perfect. All right. I, I think I see a little bit where Morgan's coming from. And I think we're, a piece of that is coming in is promoter driven. If it's live streamed, yes. do videographers get a little bit shunned in that sort of a sense? Uh, given, given that circumstance. Yes. Versus photographers. Yes, that's true. And it's not, it's, I don't think it's a, on purpose, but if they're paying for or are engaged with a, a live stream that is somehow generating revenue, yeah, they're not going to be very welcoming to videographers versus photographers. Yes. And rightly so. They have a right to protect their product. And, and for so, the audio audio portion, do you want to read that, Charles? Since not everybody watches us on, uh, on Oh, video. yeah. Yeah, well, just we'll throw it up there. But, um, yeah, I feel, and maybe this has been done to me uh, more than others, is it, it seems when a videographer shows up to a pole opposed to a photographer, the photographer is treated better. Every promoter, you know, don't give a shit if a pole is out in the world. If a videographer shows up, they start questioning you about why you were there. And I, I think there's, it, it does boil back down to the live stream um, aspect of it. Yep. No. And Adam. And Adam would be. A oh, sorry, I clicked on the same time as you did. <laughs> yeah. So. But and and we don't and I'm not gonna lie and I'm I'm sorry if this steps on your toes. You know, but the I mean, the promoter is is entitled to protect their product. 
know what I mean? They they put their ass on the line and they write a real big damn check. If they want to protect their product, they are well within their rights to do so. And the show, in whatever media or whatever format that is presented in, that is their product. Yeah. And if they can make money from that, they should. And they should be allowed to, and they should be allowed to protect that. I mean, that's, you know, that's that's free market. And I think I know exactly where you're coming from. Um, and I think I know exactly what you're talking about as well, the incident. Um, in that respect, maybe decorum could have been a little bit better. The, better, the, the way that it was presented could have been a lot better. But the fact of the matter is, they were well within their rights to do so, to do what they did. Um, and I'm not going to go any further into that. We don't need to air out any no. dirty laundry. Um, no. But, yeah, that's kind of the way that works. Um, so, but, and, and one way to get around that, set it up beforehand. Don't just show up automatically and, and start unboxing yeah. your stuff and throwing it up on a tripod. You know, promoters want to know stuff in advance. They want to know what's happening before it happens. And if you just happen to show up and, you know, expect a, a you know, a hard card, you know, a hot pass, a hot pass, they're not going to take kindly to it. Yeah, so I mean, it's, it is what it is. Weather permitting Saturday, I'm going to go to a $10,000 no prep drag race at a, an area drag strip that I've never been to before. Tomorrow, as part of my day, there will be a phone call made. What do you need from me? Where do you want me to stand? What do you want me to wear like a vest? What What do you want so that I'm not a problem for you? Mm-hmm. And, and I'll just find out. Yep. As Brian Lively has always said to both me and Charles, um, you are there not to become part of the show. You are there to yes. blend in. So that you can tell, see that you can let that story tell itself. Yep. So, I want to circle back to this one. Lisa asked this: um, Do you guys uh, think that um, done a good job preserving the past and present for future generations? No, for myself, no, I have not. Uh, there's more that I could and should and need to do, and if I had endless time, I would. Um, there's. You know, and, and this goes back to actually emerging technology. Um, let's, I mean, people are distrustful of, of AI. Um, and I was just telling somebody in, in uh, another person on the marketing team today at work, it's a toolkit and it's all in how you implement it. You know what most, uh, you know what is being done with AI more than anything right now with photographers one of the emerging trends it's restoring old family photos yeah it's not photoshopping cody's head on an alien's body although that would be funny it's terrifying it's it's adding color to grandma's face it's adding definition to grandpa's gray hair um and taking out all of the spots and all the crap. Look at old photos. Look at some of your old photos. They look horrible because they're 60 years old and they've got dirt on them and they've got this and they've got that and they've got the other thing. 
if you can scan that at a high resolution and you can put that into Photoshop and you can use AI on it, you can make a photo, you can restore a photo to either as good or better as what you have right now. You can make it bigger. AI can add resolution and actually make a photo larger than it actually is. What the... What the hell was that? I'm getting rid of notifications. Reef, you and your damn soundboard. That was not me. Um, <laughs> Cody, what's the matter with you? Turn your ringer off. Getting rid of sound or getting rid of uh, notifications. Um, for me, it's yes and no. Okay, Homer. What's <laughs> your new terminology is Homer. Uh, yes and no. Like there's there's times that you really do, and there's times that like you miss a shot that you wish you would have taken, you know, because you were two seconds. You were like, there's been times like I've missed a crowd shot or, you know, a kid holding a baby, whatever it is like, because I was too focused on what was happening on the track and I missed out what was happening in the crowd. And so there's those times that like, I feel like I missed an opportunity and miss preserving that. Um, I don't know. Like it, it's a tough thing. I mean, like I said, I enjoy the video side of things and as well, but I don't want to, I don't want to be, I don't want to video every class, you know? I mean, there's, there's a reason that like, I want to tell a story about the event and how it gets from point A to point B or what the event does or promotion, but there's the same aspect. Like I don't want to be every single class. This is goes down the track and this is what happens and, and so on and so forth. I don't enjoy that from a, from a creative side. So to that aspect, I mean, I could do more. The times that I really wanted to do it, it was hotter than Satan's balls outside, and I didn't have the ambition to go do it. Let's be honest. Um, mm -hmm. But there's so uh, to answer your question, Lisa, yes and no. I mean, it's it's a two part. So um, yeah, there's there's times you feel like you you got something, but other times like I don't feel like I, I don't feel like I got the shots that I wanted, and I'm not super happy with what I want what I got. Did they turn out okay? Yeah, but I'm just not happy in the preservance of, of what happened. I think I've done a pretty good job of acquiring stuff. I have not done a sufficient job of sharing back out what, what is here. Um, this thing has hundreds of hours of pulling footage, and, and Lisa well knows this because a significant portion of it came from Lisa and Bob. Um, I, there's hundreds of photos Silver Bullet, I don't know when this was, 2003, that's down here, that I need to take the time to get it out there. Is the stuff here, if I collected it? Yeah. Um, but realistically, the only, you know, if I tipped over tomorrow, whoever went to go look through this would be screwed. They'd have no idea what's in there um, because I'm the only one who's seen it all. Uh, so can I be better? Can I do better to preserve that? Well, I've preserved it. Just haven't shared it. I haven't taken the time to make sure that it's out there for all to enjoy. Um, so that's been my failing. Um, for what for what it's worth, you're not the only one. Dan Mayer's got boxes and boxes and yeah. boxes. Yes, he of does. Photo Joe's stuff that he's never scanned in, and he knows it. We uh, he and I were on the phone last night. And we talked about it. <laughs> yeah, but, and it's and I mean, and Lisa, you know this. I'm not telling you anything you don't know. That. Um, it's a, you know it's a work life balance thing and yes this is something we're passionate about 
but it takes time. And, uh, you know, our time, all of our time is at a premium. Um, and so, yeah, you're right. It's, uh, you know, I think we could all agree that we haven't done a good, a good enough job. Um, every, you know, I was starting to say with the emerging tools in things like Photoshop um, with where you can actually put AI to work for good. Um, You can salvage. Well, it's not only that, but it's every year, Cody and I and Charles all learn more ways to do X or Y or Z, um, you know, with, with our photos. Um, and every time we do, I know Cody and I do because we've talked about this before. We feel like our best isn't out there anymore. And we go back to like photos from like 2017 and we think, my gosh, I could have done so much better. Screw this. I'm, I'm going back and I'm just going to edit this photo. Suddenly it's 2.30 in the morning and we've gotten 14 photos done from 2017 that are now better. They're not amazing, probably, maybe, but they're better. And maybe they captured a moment um, that never happened again or a moment that was super duper important. Um, But it's also something that we have to, you know, we have to kind of balance amongst how much effort can I really throw at this, throw at my passion? Because it's 2.30 in the morning and I've got an 8.45 meeting at the office that I have to be there for and I have to be conscious and awake. And I actually, my brain needs to be, you know, functional. (laughs) There's definitely been plenty of nights where you just go, Oh gosh, it's 3 AM. My alarm's going to go off in three hours. Right. I'll say it. I'll just, I don't know. I heard, I heard a guy say this and it's kind of stuck with me. It's one of the the two phrases that stuck with me for a really long time. Um, There's only enough time, talent and treasure in every day. It depends on how you spend it. Yes. And I mean, aside from Adam Wilson, we all have full-time jobs or other stuff going on. Yeah. And not saying Adam doesn't, but I'm saying like he's made it to where he can make it his full-time job. Yes. And oh no, Adam lives a charmed life. We all know that. <laughs> he didn't have to do anything. He, he, he made millions uh, came in. Sitting, sitting in Indiana. Yeah. Amazing he can't afford better internet so he can come he was, on. Yeah, I know. He, he was born with a platinum YouTube award. I mean, that's yeah. right. But like it was my, a past fire. I thought I thought Tiff. <laughs> Adam, was a we love mama. you, buddy. You know that Tiff is a sugar. Tiffany, mama. make I'm sure gonna, he knows that. Please. Yeah. I'm gonna yeah. die on that hill. I'm sorry, but anyhow, you better switch that M to a B, son. <laughs> he's uh, he's Doctor Evil. He's millions. <laughs> yes, but I mean, it goes back to like we. It's the time. Like it's the time of people don't realize the time that it takes to do a lot of this whether you're doing videos or you're doing photography, whatever it is, it's time. There's a reason that Adam always wears sunglasses. So he can't see it. We can't see him glaring at us. (laughs) Yes. But it's it's that it's it's the hater blockers. Yeah. I can't see though. So, I mean, the big deal is like, I mean, we all have other stuff going on and we, you know, uh, I'm still fascinated by the fact that like, okay, I'm a farm boy, but we used to farm with older equipment and it was slower and didn't get as much shit done. But yet 
all of a sudden, like, what happened all this time? We get bigger, larger, faster equipment, and, like, where'd the time go? And so, like, I I, I don't know. I'm just still baffled at it. But my point is, like, it takes time to do everything. It takes talent to do some of this stuff, and it takes, you know, treasures. What are you giving up? What's the opportunity cost you're giving up to do this? You know, is it sleep? Is it family time? Is it opportunity cost of doing something else? You know, that my full-time job in this is not the only things on the books that I'm doing. Trust me. So there's other stuff in play. Um, but I'm just, there's, there's so much other stuff that's going on. And plus you got to live life. I Tip, mean, you never know it to look at one of my bills. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I, it, I don't know. It's just a big thing for me. Stop and smell the roses. And every so often you got to do that. You can't just be buried in it, you know? And that's, that's a big thing is you got to stop and smell the roses when you're doing this. And, a lot of times you get caught up in work and everything, and at some point you gotta you gotta stop and smell the roses. So appreciate the little things in life. Um, for those that are interested, the other the other one that's lived with me is uh, it takes twenty. My is kind of my grandpa instilled it in my dad, and dad instilled it in me. It takes twenty years to build a reputation and seconds to ruin it. True. Those are the two things that have stuck with me, and I don't know why, but they've just like those are the two things, and. Um, you come in sales, you work in sales and you work, you know, it doesn't matter if you're in sales or not. You're always selling, you're selling your personality, you're selling your skills, you're selling your, your, your resume, whatever it is, you're selling something, whether you work in sales or not. So again, and the biggest takes, thing in sales is listen, right? Which goes back to, um, you know, the, the discussion earlier tonight of when someone approaches you, who's brand new, like I've, I've been forward facing in a sales type role now for years. The, the, the ears are calibrated. I'm listening. What, what are you at? What do you want? And I know within two minutes, if you're serious or not. Mm -hmm. um, there's a good question that uh, Wyatt asked. Um, is there someone you three feel was a good influence or supporter for your generation coming in? Announcer, photographer, et cetera, et cetera. I'm gonna I'm gonna answer this, and I'm going to I'm probably gonna steal the guy that Charles is gonna say, Ryan Lively. That man yeah. taught me a lot. That man taught Charles a lot. Cody, I think has met him, but I don't know that for a fact. Yep, but I've met him, but I don't know him that well. So, Charles and I have both talked about this um, on on occasion. Um, and both of us, I think, feel the same way. When Brian speaks, you shut up and you listen. You think long and hard about what he says. Because because he doesn't say there. very much. He listens right. a lot. Yes, he listens and he analyzes a lot. Yeah. Um, you know, and I don't even know Brian all that well. I mean, we talk, you know, every chance I get, I, I like to hit him up and you know, chew the fat with him and we go back and forth all the time. Um, but that guy has opened doors for both of us. Yes. Um, and I think for media and photographers in general, he's done things right. Um, I want to extend that. And well, first, let me throw this out to you guys and let you guys answer. But then I want to extend this to... Um, who has been, who in the, let's call it, previous generation or our peers 
who's doing it right who's who's nurturing the next generation so to speak and you can't cop out and say the three of us no i don't know that any of us is doing that's what i'm saying like you can't just do it. it. you can't say that it's us but I'm asking you guys. I'm uh, I'm not asking the audience. I'm asking. Oh, you. I thought you're you guys. Can, you guys in the audience. You guys can throw your comments in too. We'd love to hear them. Um, but I'm going to ask you guys that question. But answer answer Wyatt, because I'm interested to hear what you guys think. Um, Lively has been one for sure. Uh, great one, as far as that goes. He never knew he was doing it. But as right. far as being a good, in, well, I'm aside from Brian. Oh, this is someone else. Someone else, someone who never knew they were doing it, but was an excellent influence on me as far to as far as not only how to do the job, but how to comport yourself in the carrying out of the job was Tom Hartzell. Yes, um, very, very much so. And then as far as like direct support, um, for me, I guess one of them is. One of them is someone who is actually a contemporary and the other is that that generation who's been there, done that, and has now offered mentorship to me. Um, one is Brian Loans. Um, and I see him doing it through the drag program and, and other stuff that he offers for other young and up-and-comers. And the other is KJ Jones, who's an editor at Motor Trend. KJ has been a very good mentor for me. And just a damn good guy. And a damn good guy. Both, both of those guys. I'll never forget. I'll never forget on mic when at UCC the first year that I was there, Jason had the mic, and I don't know why he did this. He brain farted and he said something about a Cummings, and yes. and KJ KJ has never somebody's mic. There was a hot mic, and KJ went up and literally took the mic away and said, "No, I'm sorry, it's." No G. Yep. I'll never forget that. And he's still one of the still, funniest things I ever I've ever seen. He'll still make a post some, sometimes here and there, and he'll throw the G in with a capital. And I just sit there and I just go like, "Yep, you, you I know where that came from." Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. That was I, that was hysterical. Cody, what about you? Um. Well, I thought you were talking about the audience, but for me, I picked up a camera four years ago, um, and my story is a little unique. Is is to to pick up a camera and buy a camera. Um, one of my really good friends' moms got married in Hawaii, and uh, they had a reception back here, like a month, a month and a half, two months later, whatever it was. And the photographer had an hour and a half ish drive and canceled twenty minutes before they were supposed to be here in my area and they asked everybody to take pictures of their phones and do a shared album, you know, tag them in Facebook, whatever. And I had like a bunch of people reach out like, Hey, will you do senior pictures, do family pictures, whatever else. And I was like, I just have a phone that, that I, I have a phone and I edit them and that's all I did. And so I started out as buying a camera for that reason to, Hey, I could, you know, potentially make some money doing this. Um, and you know from the cattle side taking pictures of the cattle and this and that and then i started shooting atv and utv races and stuff like that and started shooting a local tractor pull and i was in des moines at a farm show it was like the last day of the farm show and it was like a blizzard outside there was nobody there and across the aisle 
from across the aisle and one booth down, I hear tractor pulling noises. And I was like, I was sitting there with a microphone making. <laughs> and so I walked over there and there's this, I mean, there's this big guy. And I was like, what are you doing? He's like, she's never seen a tractor pull. And his, his booth mate had never seen a tractor pull and she lives in Iowa. And I was like, you're kidding. She's like, no, we had talking. I like, and so I told him. And so he's like, why don't you come up to Dunlap, Iowa and shoot a tractor pull with me? I was like, well, I, you know, I was like, I've shot local, but I've never shot anything else. So I went up to Dunlap with him and shot a tractor pull. And that was the, really the first time I met Ryan. And so kind of invite me into that world you know, other than the local stuff. Um, cause at the time it was, you know, Dunlap was the, uh, um, it was an invitational pull and that was actually, that was the last year that they had it because it was yes. COVID year. Um, they shut down for COVID and they've never had it since. So that was the first in the last pull, uh, Dunlap that I got to shoot with Ryan the first time that I actually got to meet him and hang out with him. Um, and so for me, it was one of those deals and I could list a number of people, um, you know, of, of people that inspired me and, and people influenced me of, um, I look at Charles, I look at Ally stuff. I look at, I look at, I don't know. It's hundreds of people online. Um, I mean, and most of it's honestly on Instagram because or TikTok and see this different stuff, how they shoot stuff differently. Um, it's just unique stuff that they shoot. Um, altered stock. You want to talk about oh, Cameron uh, Sweet? Oh, oh, oh. Freaking altered everything. stock. If Dang. you look at his stuff, like it is amazing. Um, you know, and, and that's you know the sprint car and and what a guy's got a dream job. Yeah, um, I mean, on top of that, he's an editor for Haggerty. I mean, like right. So he's hey, he's on my radar daily. Yes, he is. Yeah. He is. Yeah, yeah. Cameron Navo. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. So you look at that, you look at a whole bunch of different people. Like when I, when I started out before, before I went to college and everything, when I was 16 years old, I wanted to go to Coos Bay, Oregon, go to racing school. I had emailed the instructor about going to Coos Bay, Oregon to go to racing school because, you know, honestly, I thought about being a mechanic. I wanted to be a diesel mechanic. And I thought nobody's ever happy when they see them, when they come into a diesel shop ever, ever, nobody's happy. I mean, I don't care if you're getting big turbos, they're, they're pissed off about the bill, whatever. And I talked to the, I was like, you know, I want to go to racing school because the school is a five day course. You start out racing. And by the end of the day, you have a job opportunity of people come in that offer you opportunities. And I wanted to race in the Baja 1000. And the instructor's like, you're 16 years old. He goes, I will personally pick you up from the airport and bring you to the track every day and give you a ride back to the airport if you come out here. And I didn't go. And it's, you know, I regret that because you had the opportunity to go do all those different things. And um, I don't know, it's just you take a lot of inspiration from a different people. And so, you know, Ken Block's been a big inspiration uh, and, and influence in me and the stuff that they've done. There's a reason there's a picture there. There's a reason there's a a three foot by eight foot picture over here um that's still not hung i need to get hung but there's really dude it doesn't fit that, between that window like and that weeks wall after he died it's framed get with the freaking program it's a couple of nails uh very large nails for this one it weighs a lot but it's some I mean, large nails it for me it's not natural for me, it's not necessarily the, like, it's a specific influencer or supporter of stuff. It's, it's a conglomeration of a lot of different 
media to get to that point. Um, you know, there's, there's people that make videos out there that they could be an absolute nobody, but the video inspires you to do something different or do something creative, um, or pictures, you know, like I've never thought of that before. You know, I mean, well, speaking of the, speaking of the, some of your influencers and, and some of the people that you were referencing with those framed objects, the content is voluminous, but if you want to learn some stuff about the business of being a photographer within motorsports and also how to do it and, and some stylistic stuff, go watch Larry Chen. He's yep. excellent and he's worth the watch. Yep. Um, Jamie Price. Jamie Price shoots a ton of IMSA and shoots a ton of Formula One, travels all over doing that. Uh, Mark uh, Urban does videos for formula one all over in IMSA. Um, I mean, he's from Toronto area. Like there, like you could go on and on and on of the people that have inspired it. Larry, like there's a reason I bought that picture. It's Larry Chen signed. Yeah. He shot that and it was 26, 28 photos stitched together of Ken block on Pike's peak. It's one where he's hanging it out. Going around yep. the corner, right? Yep. Yeah. I know yep. Ken Ken Block went out there before he went up the hill and says he placed a rock out there. Says I want to I want to hit this rock, and he didn't realize until after he saw Larry's photos of how close to the edge of the cliff he was, and to see you know his daughter doing some of that now, it, it it's you know it makes it makes you want to push the boundaries further because we know there's a story to tell the entire time of daughter, father, daughter, son, whatever, you know, mother, daughter, mother, son, you t pick your storyline. There's a storyline to tell in every single aspect of it, you know? And, and like I said, I, there's, you can't, you can't just name a, a, a few good influencers and supporters in, in my book because I pull from so many different medias that it's, it's, it's stupid. If you saw, yeah. if you saw my Facebook, Instagram and TikTok feed, it's stupid. Because the stuff I've seen know, it, you it's shut your mouth. It's terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> you shut your mouth, but yeah, I'll bet. Anyhow, um, it, it's it's fun, you know, because you you get to see a lot of different stuff, and um, you know, there's goals, aspirations, you know, like Ryan said, drag racing. I'd love to shoot more drag racing. I'd love to shoot Formula One. I'd love to shoot. Uh, um, I actually drift 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 car. That's on the docket for next year. I would like to drive and St. Louis is probably the place I'm going to drive to, to go shoot drift, drift racing, because I want to go see that. Am I sad? Chelsea? Huh? Doritos. Well, yeah. Can't call yeah. it drifting anymore. It has to be Doritos. Am I, am I sad? Chelsea Denofos is not going to be racing this year. Absolutely. Um, because he's done a lot of stuff, but there's, I don't know. It, it doesn't have to be within the side the the the, the side of uh, polling that we all draw inspiration from because I guarantee each one of us and everyone in the comments watches more than just polling uh, that comes across their feed. Yeah, and inspiration um, comes from everywhere. I think. Yeah. So, and again, you know, I shoot everything. I spent the last two weekends and three days of harvest videos and pictures. So, I mean, there's a whole bunch of stuff if, you know, I've got ideas. I've bought a clear umbrella with lights in it for specific reasons to go shoot pumpkins and smoke bombs. Like, I do some random stuff that, like, 
it's fun but that's the inspirations that you see something that inspires you and that's what you go do do i did i buy steel wool in a in a uh, beater yes i own one of those do i have the photo yet no but it's going to happen and for those of you who don't know just keep keep wondering you gonna stand on the roll cage for it? You got the balls absolutely. No. I do not have the balls for that. <laughs> I was gonna say I don't foresee you jumping up there. So <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Um, will you, will as far as will you come press the button for me? Yeah, sure. Okay. Sure. Um, so long as my name is on the photo. <laughs> <laughs> Charles, how do you feel about Michigan weather? <laughs> Um, uh, as far as as far it, as influencers, if I don't like it, just wait thirty seconds. It'll be different. There you it'll go. be dark. Well, that's it'll thing. be real dark. I'm telling you, you wait thirty seconds at night in a long exposure, it'll be dark. Tonight's forecast: yeah. dark with widely scattered light. More towards morning. <laughs> Stay tuned for more. Um, in terms of uh, Wyatt, I know where you're going with this. Is as far as photographers uh, or influencers or people that we have a great deal of respect for in the sport who do what we do um who may have come before us um the guys who immediately come to mind um guys like chris carlisle adam Drott, um jesse i i people tell me that I, I people tell me that i've got a killer candid game my candid game doesn't is is nothing compared to chris carlisle's um Homeboy gets shots and shots and shots. And yep. it's Anna amazing to see that too. Anna's huh? really good at that too. Yes. And Anna, when she's when she does it, I don't know how much she does it anymore, but Anna was um Anna uh help me out. Galloway. Galloway, yep. Galloway was um was and probably still is um amazing at detail shots and catching catching that stuff that you just don't necessarily normally catch yeah um as a casual you know as as a casual i'm watching this thing anna's looking at twelve thousand different details of it and she's catching them all it was obnoxious because i couldn't do it the lesson i, I learned the lesson i learned from her is never put your camera down so many times yes. i'll see a run like the run isn't even over but the vehicle is past photographer x and the camera's out of their face dude never drop that thing uh -oh. you don't know what's gonna happen yep yep um adam Drott. adam Drott was a guy who kind of took me under his wing um my we met the first time i went to farm show in 2017 and um ever since we've been good friends um you know, he's a fellow bourbon nut. We've gone on distillery tours together. Shout out to Marie for fixing that up. Um, and, uh, you know, we've got to be very, very close. And he's he's kicked my ass a few times when I needed the motivation. When I wasn't, you know, super duper happy with my stuff, he would look at it and say, well, no kidding. It's because you did this, you dummy. <laughs> it was It was kind of a tough love kind of thing. And I'm like, that Adam guy's a dick, but he's right. Well, he is from New York, so I mean, that's just he doesn't. Yeah, he, know he, is. Is. he is. I was gonna say I should get him to get on you about a reflection shot. Shit, he won't get it either. He won't get it out of me. And none of you are gonna get it out of me until I'm good and damn. Um, but no, those 
those two guys jump out at me immediately. Um, Jeff Lucky does an, uh, does an amazing job. And he's um, been doing it forever. He doesn't look as uh-huh. old. And he's, he, I want whatever he's in his water supply because he does not look anywhere near as old as he is. Like, I feel like he's been doing it forever, but he still looks like he's 32. It's amazing. Um, Kevin, uh, help me out, Cody. You met him. Kaiser. Kevin Kaiser. Kevin Kaiser out, out west. He's um, at a that whole, guy is, is like 12 different kinds of creative. And he, I mean, gosh, you want to see what he does with bridal party and groomsman party wedding shots and senior photos. And I mean, that dude boy is, is fantastic deep. about capturing the whole event. Like, yes. Like, I don't know, like it chaps my ass to see all the different places he's at, you know, like I had yes. PTSD from, from Windsor, Colorado type of thing under the different shots that he had. Cause like, man, that's some like 200 foot elevation change. And then, you know, back down here and there, like he did a great job of capturing it and circling the whole event type of thing. Um, yeah. yeah. He's good at that. He, he runs around. He never stands still. I did um, give him a challenge. I've yet to see it yet. So. He's in that same boat as you are. So so is Lamar. Lamar's in the same boat. Lamar's yeah, another good one from, from he, down south. Nobody ever sees his stuff. But he doesn't do polling. But um, he did uh, what? He did one event. Was that a year ago ish? Didn't he go to an event like? Oh, he's he's done a handful of events. He's I mean he's not a stranger to polling. He's he's gotten some really cool stuff over the years but i mean some of those years were years where you weren't involved at all right um i've but seen some i've seen some old stuff of his that is next level cutting edge you know throw it up on instagram instant instant notoriety uh, yeah he's he's a good one too and i mean you know guys like harold card you know they've got some pretty iconic photos even though nobody's nobody's really seen him um like uh um remember when jack keelmeyer had the uh the all jacked up semi yes. remember when he launched the block the, 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 the block launcher photo out of, out of the out of the truck yep the only guy the one and only guy who got clear shots of that as far as i'm aware harold card he you also don't see him very often you can search social media i don't know that you'll find him but he's on there. But it's, it's tough to find him. He did, you know, yeah. he did another one that I don't like. This had to be just like I'm not taking it away from because he did it. But this is luck. Um, I want to say this. Horton um, has the black uh, super stock out in New York called Determined, and yeah. it did a block launcher, and he caught it. I'm gonna see if I can find it. This is just like I said. It's I'm sorry. It's it's a bit luck. It was timing. You could never react fast enough to get this, but. Um, I'll see if I can find that photo. It's just amazing. Well, while you're digging for it, let's talk about what that is in in the business that the three of us are in, either casually or passionately. Um, you know, somebody says to me, you know, I, I hear from time to time, gosh, you get the best shots ever. And my answer to that is I'll take luck over skill eight days a week. Yeah. Some of it is luck. Plain and simple. Um, if you need a further example of that and what that actually looks like, go look for my photo of um, Brian. Cody, help me out. Brian Bowles. Um, 2020, Friday night in 
Mound City. Maybe yep. Saturday night in Mound City. Him blowing the head gasket directly in front of me. Um, I've got the spark show, and I don't know how I did it. I could shoot that shot another thousand times. I might get it twice. And I've got, and from you've got the side shot, I've got the long shot because I was at the big end of the track and have the photos of that. And Brian's and, got, and, and Brian's got the, the cross track shot. Yeah. He's actually got more color than anybody does. Yeah. Uh, uh, Harold doesn't have his old stuff. It's only the last three years on his website. Shoot. Well, I guess I'm not going to find that one. So, and, and if we want to go back further, Dave, Dan, in his, yeah. you know, in the, the 70s and 80s when he was shooting Michigan stuff and, and Michigan, New York, and, and Ontario regional stuff. Yeah. Gosh, some of the stuff that he did was next level. Um, like you look at it and you think, wow. And, and some of the really old stuff, he was doing it with one of these. Yeah. It's medium format. Yeah. Yeah. Like he was doing like motion blur on purpose with, and you know, what all of us would consider to be an ancient camera. Um, so yeah, there's that, you know, there's, there's a lot of guys who, you know, guys who've come before us and, and did some amazing work and we, and, I think all of us have tremendous respect for that. Um, this is not an area where where the three of us on the screen are blazing some new trail no. and doing something different. Nope. Let's let's be real clear. Well, this is not us grandstanding. This is, you know, we're following in the footsteps here, hundred um, percent. I dropped a. I just dropped a photo into the chat. Um, I'll I'll grab that next. Well, so, okay, Cody. Cody's grandstanding with this photo. Wait, which which one are you thinking? I'm looking at the same one that you just dropped in the chat. So, nice flex, buddy. Well, I'm just saying, like it. It's luck because <clears throat> I'm standing next to again 1320 video guys, and you know, and, and Mo's standing there, and he goes, "How in the f did you get that picture?" I was like. I said I saw a flash and I clicked the button and it happens, you know, it happens to be in really good, you know, focus and everything. But could I do that again? No. Your, your reaction time of a flash like that to get it, probably not going to happen again. But, and he's like, oh, you got to show this guy. And then this guy's like, you got to show this guy. And it ended up like Kyle's like showing it to everybody. But the, the, possibility to get something like that again is is slim to none because you're just yeah. you know well you guys have been around this long enough now like how much does is is there a, i feel like i have this and and maybe you do too that there's a i have no other word to describe it but a spider sense that something's about to happen yes. and i i need to start pushing the shutter yep i, I haven't got there yet to be honest, I, I just, I haven't, but for me, it was like, cause when you're drag racing, you're looking at, I mean, honestly, when you're in a 7,200 lens, you're looking at one of two lanes. You yeah, know, you from where it. I was saying, you can't, you can't look at both lanes at the same time and, and then, you know, crop or whatever. But right. like on that photo, like you can zoom clear in and it looks like his facial to shut. It's not. No, it's his, not. His eyes are lighted up clear as day. Which uh, and, drives me nuts a little bit. Just saying. Oh yeah. Yeah. But, a little bit. but it's one of those things of like, 
it, it was luck that I looked at that lane at that point and I don't know. I've always been told I have like cat-like reflexes. I, I dropped a knife one time and stabbed myself because I caught it, but I have cat-like reflexes, but that doesn't always like, I, I shake so bad that it doesn't help. You shake your head, but like, it's bad. Can I just start calling you Michael J. Fox? <laughs> I'm going to start making it. I'm going to start drinking martinis and you're going to mix them. <laughs> They'll be shaken, not stirred. Yeah. This man has spilled more seed than Michael J. Fox at a bird feeder. <laughs> <laughs> but right. I think we've but, officially derailed. Yeah, we are sidetracked for sure. Uh huh. It is officially a show. show. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it, a lot of it, like you said, is luck. I mean, but you could go back and, and recreate that. And that's uh, the part of preserving this stuff is you can't recreate the shots that are taken. The videos that are taken, you can't recreate those um, to the aspect. Yeah, somebody can have a perfect season, perfect runs, you know, all the time, but it's it's not the same every single time. No, and it it's it's the uh, I saw a friend of mine from from Colorado. She captioned a photo. It's the art of nothing. And Charles and I had a long conversation about we this. We Photography have is the art of nothing, and for the, it's stuck with me so um you know so Boys, well, we are well beyond two hours yeah yeah this is a long damn show this is the longest ever isn't it oh uh, oh no there's some old yeah. ones that went to like oh, no, no 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 with the three of us with three of us yeah this is yeah. now the king yeah okay yes Agreed. So, what are the key takeaways? Show us authenticity. Yes. Authentic. You are better. You are better at being you than anybody else. We want to see that, and so does the polling world. So does motorsports. So does so do people in general. So show us that. We love that. We love seeing that. Agreed. Yep. And don't ask and don't ask us what our settings are, because we're not going to tell you, or we're going to tell you the wrong thing. And if you ever put your put your body in front of Adam Wilson's lens, he will send Tiffany and she will beat you to a bloody pulp. <laughs> and we'll all have a nice. But she'll smile yeah. doing it, and he'll take it because she's smiling. I feel like she'd make a great Harley Quinn recreation of, of, of when, when she's beating you with it. So I'm just saying. I feel like she'd be a terrific mafia enforcer if she could be that cold-blooded. If is the keyword. Right. She's That's the enforcer. <laughs> yeah, those aren't those aren't cameras in that case. <laughs> right. <laughs> All four foot eleven of you. That's why pulled, we love you. She pulls out an aluminum bat, you're in trouble. <laughs> Say goodbye to your kneecaps. <laughs> she she knows about she knows about exit velocity and spin rates. She'll make some shit happen on your kneecaps. Uh-huh. Yeah. And she's in you care. She knows how to hide the wounds. You will be you will be shorter than her when she's done. Let's put it that way. But only on one side. Because she's vicious <laughs> like that. Right. Uh, um 
but no final uh, final thoughts from me is just show us your passion and be authentic it's it's uh, you want to you want to make your mark in this sport or any sport or any any make your mark on this planet be authentic and be you we'll see it and so will your audience and at the end you know down the road it may take a while or it may never happen but um your audience will see it and they'll they'll appreciate it that's i know that's what all three of us shoot for every time we turn the mic on or, or charge up the batteries in the camera you know we're trying to be tell the story the way we see it And, so. and Adam, real quick, that's what you call job security. Mm-hmm. Where the, the she'll <laughs> he whoop said she'll whoop you and then fix you up the same. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's job security. Wow. I feel like Adam's being awfully honest right now. <laughs> he must be in a different room for her. Right. <laughs> to Ryan's going to stand at the door with her arms crossed and say, You're sleeping on the camper. We're going to talk about this. <laughs> What happens to Ryan's point? You know, be authentic, but again, you have enough time, talent, and treasure in the day, and it depends how you spend it. So, it make it worthwhile. Make it worthwhile. Don't try to recreate something else. uh, Somebody else is doing. Shoot how you want, and shoot what you think makes a good picture or video. And I think another thing, like I don't want to keep extending this because we could go forever, but. I hope that also what is conveyed here in, in some of this banter that's going on between ourselves and, and, and the Wilsons, this is what's on offer for you. This sort of yes, camaraderie is there. If you prove that's, it, we welcome you with open arms, and this is the kind of stuff you get to look forward to. Yep. That's and, and that's something we could expand on. I mean, some of you guys are, some of you guys have been around this sport for a long damn time, longer than us. Um, some of you have grown up in it. Some of you have married into it, if Lisa's still watching. Um, But um, the idea, and you see the hashtag once in a while, and you see it a lot from me, pulling family. Mm -hmm. Um, That's what this is. You know, our lives are better because Tiffany and Adam are part of them. Yeah. Um, Even even occasionally. I mean, I, I don't see Adam and Tiff from pretty much... October until May. Um, and I missed them. Awkward selfie. Huh? Awkward, Awkward selfie. 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 Yep. That, that's where that all comes from. That's, you know, us having a little bit of fun with our friends. Um, and, and it does get really fun, that. especially if you can get Jesse to participate. <laughs> oh, my Lord. We haven't <laughs> yeah. gotten him to participate in a long time. Well, I, don't, I haven't seen him that often either, but. Right. No. Right. I think Shide was last. Oh, he's married. Maybe Jackie can get him to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. <laughs> Probably not. It's a good thought, though. And we can talk to her about it. But no, we, you know, you guys are, you guys are all, because we know, I think everybody who's probably still paying attention now. I mean, we've all broken bread together and, you know, we've all, Got rained on together, and we've all, you know, baked in the heat together, and all that. And 
you know, you guys know what pulling family is, but to people who don't, that's what motorsports family, you know, because I know that this happens in drag racing too. Charles, you've talked about it at great length. Mm-hmm. Um, Dustin, if he's still on, if he's still on, he could talk about it at great length. Um, oh yeah, there's been there's been many arena. Dustin and I have spent hanging out just just bullshitting because there's nothing else to do. What are you gonna do? It's raining. Well, you can play poker with with Johnny, and you can lose all your uh, money. No, no, <laughs> no, not anymore. That particular afternoon, I don't. I did not get in that game at all. I don't think Dustin did either. In fact, most of the time we hid in the garage because we were afraid if we even went in the house, we were going to lose money. <laughs> Who was it, Johnny and um, Johnny Gilbert, and Matt Rice, um, uh, who's a, a no prep racer, and he's 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 another yes. he's another media guy. Uh, he stayed. Yes, he would have been great to have on this show. Oh, he's he's fun. He's a ball of energy. Um, uh, yeah, Johnny and Matt. And and it was Johnny and Matt versus any sucker they could get, uh-huh. and they got more than a few. And and they were playing they were playing a high card, and Johnny was playing just dropping hundred bucks hundred bucks a card, and cleaning people out. It was something to see. If the dude wants to play cards, good run luck. away, run, run. I'll take the same, the same goes if he challenges you to a reaction time trigger. Yeah. Which, which I think happens, that's a PRI thing, right? Yep. Yeah, we do, uh, after the ODSS banquet, we do, we have practice tree, and yeah. we get some games going. And, uh, yeah, here's here's Johnny's reaction time, right? The first weekend he ever had the Corvette Pro modified, he went to the final round in it, and in the final, ran a trip zip leave. Oh, my God. I didn't know that. Yeah. That'd be really fun for the media people to get together and do that. I'm just saying. What reaction times? Absolutely. Oh, it's it's fun. It is. Oh lord, the me the the dry the real drivers would just yeah. die laughing at us. I don't oh, care. Yeah. It would be fun. Rod McMaster like, left me left me standing there holding the phone like an idiot. I mean, he just totally destroyed me, which is fine. I knew he was gonna. It'd be fun. It was it was it was the quickest I've ever lost twenty bucks, but it was worth it. Absolutely. Not gonna lie, I've been kind of thinking more and more about going to PRI, and I know Cody has too. Yeah, yeah. If you want Trust to get me. in on it, let's do it. I'm, wait, I'm waiting on you. Are we driving? Or are we flying? So I can send you the link for. I think there's still a deal on hotel rooms. I can send you a link for that, and then if you want to go to the banquet too, there's also a link for that as well. And then as far as the PRI show, anyone can go. Fifty bucks annual membership it's worth it for the weekly emails it's worth it for the advocacy it's worth it for the monthly magazine which you get the digital version only for 50 bucks you gotta buy the pro level to get the print one but i would tell everybody yes buy a pra membership whether you go to the show or you don't it's totally worth it for the latest on on the industry and yes they do cover sled pulling they do pay attention to us like a lot a lot absurd amount of attention based on what we get everywhere else i do plan on going um send me the link for the the banquet charles okay um but uh it's it's am i driving or flying ryan so that's up to you to to decide if you're going or not that's what i'm trying to figure out don't fit in airplanes if you're not going i'm probably flying because it's probably going to be a lot faster yeah i'm going i'll come down friday afternoon go to the banquet friday night and then show saturday and then come home sunday that's my plan yeah 
if 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 you're not going, I'm probably flying because it's probably going to cost about the same. In in time again, time, talent, treasure to fly there versus driving there. That's Can you get what the corporate jet. Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> That's a plane that a fat guy fits in. Yeah, I was say if you're if you're swinging on that, then you need to fly up here to Metro and grab me and Cortland too. So let's go. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you want to know what it costs to fly that thing. I don't care. It. Uh, it don't, we don't care. We don't work for the company. I'm not. I'm not writing the check. Doesn't matter to me. Yeah, Neither is my company. That's all you so man you would be writing the check. <laughs> that thing travels about four hundred and like thirty some miles an hour. Sweet. So it's it, it's it's a it's a four person plus two pilots, and uh, it it does it does quite well. Um, but it is not cheap when you talk about the pilots two thousand dollars a day plus fuel plus this and that. Like it starts adding up really quick. Um, so a commercial plane tickets a lot cheaper. Just saying. Yeah. All right, um, we are. On the every other week or two-on-one-off sort of a schedule, I don't know. We haven't discussed it, if there's going to be a show next week or not. There is a guest in the on-deck circle, if he's available. Uh, we'll probably do it. If he's not, I will see. I guess it just depends what happens in the next week, too. Um, so stand by for news when it comes to that. Yep. There's your hint. Uh, actually, it's, well, yeah, that he's another guy too. Yeah, as far as on deck circle, two guests waiting in the wings. Oh yes, we do. <laughs> All right, kids, y'all be good. I don't know why you gave us two and a half hours of your lives. You're never going to get that back. You know that, right? No, you're not. No. However, if you choose to listen again sometime tomorrow, it will be up on your favorite streaming service or audio only, and uh, you can relive the. Wisdom, knowledge, good times, laughs, and jokes, fun, and more. And uh, everything I'm saying is becoming more and more insincere as I go, which means I need to stop. <laughs> Later on, guys. Thanks for uh, thanks for watching tonight. We really appreciate it. We'll see you guys. See you guys. Good night. <laughs>